Previously on AFTN. When I was in Scotland, I worked in banking. I was a bank manager. So I went to this new branch. There was a woman there that had been there for 25 or 30 years. Everyone loved her. She was so nice. I did her first performance appraisal and had in floods of tears because I basically told her, you're not very good. And I thought, <laughs> like, you made Anne cry. No one, why could you do that? Honesty. I'm all for honesty. She retired soon after that. <laughs> it was the best thing for her. She wasn't cut up for the job. Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 309. We're live here at the CITR Studios, 101.9 FM. Packed show we have ahead for you this week. So we've got a, a packed group of people in to chat about it. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And I'm Joe DC. Yes, we've got Joe back on the show. Glad to have him back, because we need him, because he's the young one amongst us. He's got the fresh memories, and he can remember stuff. We're going to look over some of our AFTN awards tonight. We're going to do something we've wanted to do for a couple of weeks, which is delve through all the other teams' MLS rosters, try and work out which players we can poach, which ones we would like to poach and definitely can't afford. And we've got a lot of suggestions from you the listeners as well so that should be good we're also going to sit down with Brett Levi's for a a long chat with Brett just about the season he's had his career path up to now the cramping issues that he's had and, and what the future may lie in store for him and football in Saskatchewan all this and a lot more besides but we're going to kick things off with our AFTN awards I feel I've been transported to Hollywood. There's girls and with their golden globes ready to be handed out. We need to get little statues. We should. Mm-hmm. What, what would they be of? Um, goal line clearances. Uh, mm. I thought of the best thing about football. That's what it is. We, could, we could call them the bobbies. The, the bubbles. Hand, hand our bobbies out. No one did look up what that meant in Scottish slang, did you? No. no. Okay. <laughs> right. So it's been a quiet few weeks. Well, no, it's been a busy few weeks, but it's been a quiet week, at least, in Whitecaps land. So 
that lets us kind of discuss some of our awards. We're going to have our full awards out on the site over in the next couple of weeks. I think we have something like 20 different awards, but in the first part of the show tonight, we just wanted to chat about some of them. Got a lot of suggestions from listeners as well. Some of them might be kind of obvious, some of them hopefully we'll get a bit of debate. Have to kick it off with our Whitecaps Player of the Year. This may be a quick one. Is it uh, well, as long as it, uh, is it sponsored by a beer company? No, okay. we're, we're, sponsor, okay. we're going to be sponsored by Iron Brew, so I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not for under fives, but the Canada Dry player. Oh yes, let's go for Canada Super Saco. I like Super Saco. You guys, oh you've been, you've been over. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've seen it in my any kick magazines. I drank it. Ooh, that explains a lot. Yeah, it does. Did they not bring it back a couple of years ago? They, they tried to. They tried to apparently, and it didn't work or something. Hmm. Whitecaps Player of the Year. Let's kick things off with that. Is it inevitable that it's Fonzie? Is there any other nominations? Yeah, let's move on to the, to the next. I, but he's not a Whitecaps player anymore. No, but, but for, for, for this year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, for for me, there's the the three players I would I would mention are Alfonso, obviously, as the winner. I think a close second is Kai Kamara, and for me, a third would be Kendall Waston. He wasn't here for most of the year. I, I honestly, I I normally would pin Kendall Watson up there, but I can't give it to any defender or goalkeeper this That's year. That's a very good yes. point. Yes, Jordi Reyna is like a I would give one it to him more. Yeah. chance of winning. Kind Sean of Melvin had the best clean sheet record of all the Whitecaps goalkeepers. He must be in with that. Are you counting the uh, youngsters game? Oh yeah. yeah, Kendall Kendall should be there just for his goal scoring abilities. And with Costa Rica, yeah, maybe not for the Whitecaps. I'm sure we'll come to that. Did he get four this year? Uh, three, yeah, three. Oh, if you had four, then I would put him in. I actually <laughs> had, I actually had Kai Kamara ahead of Fonzie going into the last couple of weeks of the season, just because I just thought he had done well. His goals carried us through. Obviously, Fonzie got some goals, got some assists as well. But I think Fonzie finished with a bang, and for me, I think that did push him over. Yeah, right? I, I think so too. And um, when we were doing the ratings of players, which we will try to get to reset next year. Yeah, you just gave uh, up on that. Yeah, no, it, it basically it was because of the World Cup. I, I just Afterwards, it was hard to get into, and there was a couple of weeks I couldn't do it, yeah. and that basically lost it. But I'm going to try to do it where people wanted to rate the players from 1 to 10. I'm going to try to do it where I could do it that way. That way it works better. It's just a matter of working. Seeing I think the problem it. with it was you didn't have any negative... Yes. Chance ratings <laughs> yeah. this year. That's yeah, that's the problem. You should bit. set a line, and everyone under that line is just negative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and depending on how the score is, it would go up and down. But I, yeah, I agree. Player of the year for me is Alfonso Davies. Kai Kamara is an interesting like shout, like just to make it interesting, because Alfonso Davies was so far and away the best player on that team. But like he did have fourteen goals and five assists. Yeah. If yeah. you said at the start of the season, I think we were. I, I was happy for anything more than ten from him. Really. Well, I had him down as the golden boot winner yeah, yeah. in our, all of MLS, but of then I, I also had us on a big run to the You, you didn't the cup factor final. in how many penalties Atlanta United get, though. I didn't factor in our defence either. That's very yeah, that's true. But yeah, <laughs> but you had yeah, the penalties that Atlanta just get yeah. for, hey, that guy breathed on someone in the box, exactly. penalty. Yeah, um, but I think the reason why Kamara looks like finished the season strong was because at that point, any player that cared just stood out like a sore thumb. So yes. he really did give a good he, impression Kamara also missed a, quite a few games this year with his, his groin injuries as well yeah. and they rested him a little bit yes right? from time to time yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to keep him at a, at a high level fresh well if we give that to Fonzie let's not give Fonzie young player of the year because that's just too much then there are no other options <laughs> no there no, is there has not, to it, be. Cause, cause we're going to include residency right well no because I've got a separate residency player of the year oh okay I didn't know that 
So it yes, maybe it does. We've only done this since 2012, Steve. Yeah, good point. <laughs> but if 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 young player means under 25. Yeah, which means we, we extended it to that last year yeah. so we could give it to Jake Norwinski. There are four, three, maybe four players that are under 25 on the Whitecaps roster. As we discovered today, Breck Shea is the same age as Eric Hurtado, which is mind-blowing. But Yes, um, he, he's just too old for this award. Yeah, well, Eric Hurtado is just a you know a young prospect on the roster that's yes. good, good for the salary cap. He's going right? to come good one yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Just got to give him minutes. You know? Can we include games outside the Whitecaps? Like not playing for the Whitecaps, but still as Whitecaps, uh, like maybe on Mbappe? loan. Is that who you're thinking of? On, on loan. <laughs> I'm talking about oh, on loan. On lo- Players yeah. on loan. So then I would give it to David Norman. Oh, Spencer Ritchie. I would. Oh, oh no, yeah. He, well, he's over, he's 25. To player mm-hmm. too. He's 25. Yeah, he's, Ritchie's. he's borderline. Norwinski's 24. So. Mm. Oh, uh, then, that, if, then if, if we're, are we doing it under 25? Yeah, let's do, let's do 25. So, so this obviously points to one of the problems. Yes. Right? The fact that you have to make the Young Player of the Year award up to 25 or 24 years old is like ridiculous in yes. the footballing world. I think also Norinsky kind of won it by default last year. So yeah. <laughs> Joe is still eligible for this award. Oh. Well, I'm 25, but yeah. Yeah, so he is. <laughs> He's half all our ages. So we're going to give I it to Jake? I think I agree with Jake. If, you're, if you're doing 25. <laughs> At this point. I think we are going to have to give it to yeah. How old is Brett Levi's now? Oh. I think funny. he's 25. But I think I think Jacob he's performed 25. him even if he was. Jay only got one assist all year, no goals. But I think he, his play was pretty And he was good. on a defence. And he was actually... Yeah, you went full 90 long, more games? Mm. Yeah, we, we are struggling here. Okay, let's just skip it then for <laughs> now. I'll come back. How about now? How about, David, <laughs> how about we give it to David Norman because of his work in the Queen of the South? Yeah. He, he's He's... Got dropped at the weekend. But what well, makes Nerwinski a bad candidate for this? I, the, part, the fact I that he was part of the worst defense in the league, probably. Yeah, just because he only got one assist. Yeah, but he worked on his defensive game a lot this year. I'm going with Russell Tiber. He's, he's, he's not a old. not a young player, Michael. <laughs> Come on. Right, right, I'm googling. How old is Russell Tiber? He's 25. 26. Well, there we go. He's 25 <laughs> now. Yeah. I, I genuinely thought Russell was like 21, 22. You know, it was, I'm maybe, stuck in a kind well, of time. I think Eric Hurtado needs to be the reference point. So, well, right. maybe so he's can, three years younger maybe, than Eric Hurtado. Maybe we can just vacant this year? Oh, yeah. I, let's vote vacant. Yeah. That we'll, sounds fair. We'll put missing in brackets like our defense. How about Simon Collins just for the excitement? I thought Simon Collins. Like, well, at, at the end of the year. Well, he <laughs> almost didn't put a foot wrong. <laughs> um, but it is one appearance. we should make up a player like they do on Football Manager and just oh. assign it to that guy instead. Oh, our African signing, Maboza Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I ask what, what kind? Is he regular? What kind? He, he's a regular. He's he, he was a regular in the lineup anyway. Right, let's move on. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Oh, I just want to say residency because uh, I don't think we're going to talk about residency player no. here. Uh, but I wanted to put out. Uh, I think uh, Baldissimo, Ma- Matthew Baldissimo, probably is up Michael. there. Michael, Michael, sorry, always, I did it. I always do Matthew's that. the guy that's been in Fresno. Yes, um, and then uh, but the one that's actually quite exciting and could be signed next year is uh, uh, Cameron. Um, I do. Uh, oh, I had it written down here. As soon as he started saying, I forgot the name. I just forgot the name. Oh. Cameron Habibula. Yes. Uh, that one guy. Of two brothers. Uh, that guy actually could be signed. He's only. I think he just turned fifteen this year, yep. and he could be signed next year uh, at some time. I'm thinking I'll probably give that one to Theo Bear just because of his outstanding yeah. goal scoring record goal scoring for sure. In the playoffs. Yeah, I understand but that. Jose Hernandez had a good season as well. Yeah. But yeah, Hab- it has to be Theo Bear. Yeah, Habdabala had a, a good 
second half of this season because he broke into the. the he was on the U17s teams. as yeah. a 14-year-old. Yes. <laughs> so, but he he is one that's definitely going to be one to watch in the future. Which brings us on to who do you feel, and we'll just look at f- first team signed or potential signed. Who's your white cap to watch next year? So again, the list is short, right? Yes. There's four people on the list, right? Basically, or you, if you have other, he's doubles or just suggestions. No. Oh yeah, they they. Oh no, yeah. Dave, just, David, Theo, Baldy, and Simon. Yes. Those are the four. And by Baldy, we don't mean David Baldwin because we don't mm. think he's going to be involved next year to watch. Uh, for me, I'll start off. I think I think with the way uh, Mark DeSanto set up, the way he wants to play, and everything like that, uh, a guy that really can excel in that if he keeps his finishing ability up is Theo Bear. I think he could be the guy that could really either whether I know uh, they have him targeted as number nine, but he could play the wing very easily. Yes, especially if they play that tight three at the front. Because he could play on either wing and be like right inside the box. I just I don't see him getting a lot of minutes, and I could see him loaned out to CPL. Yeah, possible. But I, I think if he just as long he, as it's not Fresno, he could impress in the training camp, and they they could want him well, to. Yeah. Well. What about you guys? Who, who's your white cap to watch? Yeah, for me, my first choice and my ideal one, who I hope will do the best of these, obviously, is David Norman. Yeah, it's hard to watch those Queen of the South games. Yeah, no, but here. I think he'll stay here with next them. Year. I, I think he'll, he'll stay, stay with, with them, them for the rest of the season. To the end of May? Yep, he's really impressed. And he's technically his loan deals to January, isn't yes. it? Yes, well, to the end of December. End of December, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I hope that, uh, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for for David. So, yeah, I hope I hope he'll be able to make a, a breakthrough, you know, for Vancouver because that's what he longs for. Like, Oh, yeah. When, when uh, I know a lot of people in the last few weeks have talked about, you know, your desire to play for the club or whatever, and there, no one has it stronger. Literally, no one has it stronger than David Norman. Uh, he's had a taste of Scotland now, though. Yeah, but the Scottish Championship. He got to visit Bayview. <laughs> He oh. got to see his face home. I think he's been in Scotland before. And on hallowed ground, he has yeah. been. He didn't play, but yeah. he got to sit on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with um, with Zach there. Uh, David Norman is the one, like, it's such a key position that the Whitecaps have lacked is kind of that dynamic um, midfielder who can connect attack to defence. We haven't really had someone since um, pre-tantrum Pedro Morales <laughs> to do that. So, yeah, like, and as a young player with ties to the club, we've been waiting for him to come through. Um, he had a, you know, I think one game this season in the Canadian Championship yes. he played, and it, like I liked what I saw, but it was evident that he needed to work on uh, some aspects of his game to to operate at this quite high level. Yeah, but well, th- then there's a fear that if he does too well in the Scottish Championship, like the Scottish Premier League is better than the MLS, I would say as far as reputation goes. There's a chance to play in Europe if you or if you you yeah. know gets get looked at by one of those big three teams or four teams however many you want you're going to get noticed more there's going to be more opportunities uh, absolutely. for sure there's more English scouts like they yeah. like Newcastle have an extensive scouting network up in up in Scotland like you, yeah. get, you get picked up there um, well, but but he's he probably sort of a guy club, to Tottenham once so it's like yeah. things happen oh Whitecap sold a guy to Bayern Munich once too I guess yeah. at, at the end of the day first of many I th- part of me wants to go with David part of me wants to go with Baldissimo I just don't think either of them is going to get a lot of games. So I'm actually going to go with Simon Coline just because so, folk are so high on him. that, And because he made his debut, I think they're going to want to try and expose him more and just show more of him. So I think he's the one that's going to get more So you're minutes. saying the front office is going to tell DeSantis he, DeSantis he has to play him more? Because no, of 
but I think that will be the feeling at the club that he's I the guy that you want to showcase. I feel like DeSantis will see some of these young players and know that he can do some stuff with them. Yeah, but if it wasn't Coraline, I would actually pick Baldissimo, I think. So let's rattle through a few more. Game of the season. Now, for me, maybe biased because I was at it, was the 2-1 win down in Portland. <coughs> so unexpected. I almost didn't go to the game, even though I booked my trip down there, because I thought, oh, this is going to be crap. I'm just going to stay by the coast. But it's like, no, no, I'll go to the game. And then it gave you hope that the playoffs were going to be reached. Then they screwed up. But for me, that, that was probably give you hope. a fighting performance give, against the odds. Give you hope for the Cascadia Cup as well. I no interest by that point. <laughs> that, that that is on my list for sure. It's it's high up there. Probably it is the number one on my list. Yeah, it's the number one away game of the year. Well, sorry, it's the number one game away game of the year outside of uh, the Las Vegas Lights uh, preseason preseason game. That I, was the second. We didn't get a llama though. If we got a llama, I would have felt that that deserved a win. One or money, of the, one or of the money, llamas, or money thrown from a helicopter. Too. One of the llamas got a suspension for doing something bad on the pitch. Really? The season. It was fantastic. They're the best Twitter account to follow in football. Not quite the same now that they lost the crazy guy. Ho- home matches for me, like... Uh, were, were there any good ones apart from that last one? No, there were. There, there, I, I really, uh, for entertainment standpoint, I think Minnesota... Minnesota, yeah. ...was Minnesota, very fun to Minnesota, watch. Minnesota, Orlando... Uh, San Jose game, they scored quite a bit too, I think. The San Jose, it was... Oh, I thought it was 2-1, but the San, the San Jose one was meaningful. That was the day we celebrated Kai Kamara's birthday, so well, that was kind that of was fun. Amazing. The Orlando was the 5-2... It was a crazy game. Well, and then the other one for me at home that was important was the V's Cup win against Montreal. I, the Orlando game was fantastic because Will Johnson could see retirement approaching him as Davies was breaking down that leg. Except he's got a new contract next year. Except for, did you, you saw that, right? I, I did not see that. No, he... he oh, it's it was Breck Shea, too. Yeah, he got his contract triggered by that's, minutes. That's the word. That's the word on the street. It's like a Brexit, like. Well, but that's Orlando repo- again. I know. Reported oh my by God. it was a reporter that put it out there. They it's haven't said the no, Yeah, they, they never said. They haven't said that. the player yes. was, but everyone's speculating it as oh Will Johnson because he made twenty six appearances. I f- I thought I could not feel worse for Orlando, and I was wrong. Yeah, that is scary. Um, game for me. Uh, Orlando five two was fantastic because that was Davies. That was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, like. It was so evident what the Whitecaps game plan was after around five minutes. Yes. <laughs> because that, that was it, the it, individual performance yeah. of the year, was him in that game for there sure. There was that red card that really just opened up the second half and then Mosquito finished off the scoring. It was just a positive result. Yeah. But the one for me, is, and it's, it is because I have ties to Toronto, That's because my wife is from there, the 2-1 win at Toronto was That was, oh, that was, yeah. really that was another, another unexpected one. Satisfying. Well. I was on holiday and yes, again, again for that one. I should just go... Oh, Working all the time. We I, win. I, I, move. <laughs> I, I like the Minnesota one too because a lot of Z- Germans were watching at that time too because that was just after the sale yeah. of Alfonso Davies. Two goals oh. he had, right? Yeah, two goals. Yeah. Now, goal of the season, I guess we have to go back to Fonzie again. This is like the Alfonso Davies Awards. Yeah, I had but he, goal he against scored Minnesota. most of the good ones too. Mm. Like for me, I'll start it off. Same game I was mentioned before, Minnesota. Yeah. The first one yeah. um, was the I, I found was the better one. The one he that actually Michael Boxen, Boxel was uh, uh, undressed for. Uh, he, he essentially brought it in, brought it over to his uh, right side, got through and took a nice shot. Uh, that was the one for me, and it was in a win, unlike the other DC one. 
Yeah, so those are the two for me. Yeah. It was the home one was the the first goal against Minnesota, and then the other one that was phenomenal was DC away, which you're right was a consolation yeah. goal. Yeah, it's the, the DC one that I've got, and the, I do feel yeah. the same as you, Zach, because it was like the technique it meant was incredible. the technique was. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, but it just because my tiebreaker was because it was in a win. Yeah, he was I, al- it was also his last goal before getting signed. Yes, I liked the DC one as well because he went past three players twice. The same three players went past them, turned back, went past them again. That's that's fun, and it was a, a lovely strike. That's a nice couple bookends. Eh? Your, your two best goals are before you signed and after you signed. Yeah. But the thing about a lot of Davies's contributions to the game is that his assists are sometimes more spectacular than goals he scores. Yeah, finishing is definitely a part of the game that he can work on. But like his cutbacks, that you know, Kai Kamara probably oh, got five or could, six. He could have had so many more yeah. as well. The main, that the problem is missed. people couldn't keep up with his runs. Yeah. excuse <laughs> us, Joe, Joe. There's no assist of the year award here on our on our. Maybe we should add no. that. Oh, we no. can call the Joe Deasy. White cap scarf wanted us to add red card of the year. Oh. There's two. Juarez. N- the double red cards. Uh, Reina and Juarez. Oh, at, at the but you, oh. Like you've got to share it with the top off. That was his vote. I have Juarez. Well, I have Juarez in Seattle. Yeah. See, I, I thought hands down Juarez, but it's put more hands up. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot to pick from. That could be a whole segment that we just talk about our red cards. Yeah. Let's hope we don't bad. need to bring that in as a regular award. We, we we really should add, like, helper of the year or, like, assist of the year should be on there. No? Mm, we've never done it before. That's what I'm saying. It should probably But we'll be think on. about it. Because we're going to run out of time in this segment anyway. We're almost out. <laughs> Let's see if we score any goals next season first. Save of the season. Yes, yeah, save of the season. For me, it was uh, Marinovic, again, obviously, against uh, the Red Bulls. Yeah, um, the save, the, the, t- yeah. the way he was go- uh, yeah. diving in the air in one way and he got his hand on it. And that was mine as well. And it was kind of an assist others. to Kendall Waston on that one because if he had, Kendall Waston hadn't smothered it um, at the goal line, it, that wouldn't really matter that save. There was one more that I thought of. It was uh, NYCFC away and uh, Burgett knocked it down in the first five minutes and Marinovic kind of smothered it off the line and then they scrambled it away. But it was point blank. It was kind of similar to the New York Red Bulls one, but uh, he didn't tip it up. He kind of pushed it down instead. The, the only thing about the the Red Bulls one is, yeah, it was a great stop, but it, the ball kept in trouble. Eventually it was cleared. It's like, I like a save that takes it away yeah. from danger. Yeah, but he had, because he was actually going the opposite yeah. way and got his hand. If he hadn't done that, it wouldn't it would have gone in. There was no chance there. What about the save uh, against Valeri on the free kick in Portland? Was that mentioned already? No. The free I kick at the very end. I need to start writing these he... down as the season goes on. Nah, it comes too much work. And it's like... <laughs> There's too much relief when yeah. he makes a save to write anything down. Yeah. No, no Brian Rowe saves spring to mind? In the last 12 months, the, the Marinovic one that also jumps out, might be just over 12 months, was a save, not in a Whitecaps game, but that save he made against Peru. That one calling back off the line. Brian Rowe did have a big save I, I, in, in one of his last two games. I remember that because it was just after when I said he's not very athletic. He's not the athletic type yes. goalkeeper in the next game. Yeah, he made a big save. Yeah, Brian Rowe also saves on the, the salary budget a little bit as well. So the opposite of a goal of the year, how about miss of the year? Yeah, let's have this as our as our as maybe our last one. So miss of the year, also known as the Breck Shea Memorial Trophy. There's Breck Shea yep. against Houston. Yep. I, that's, the, that's mine, definitely. That, I do think he had another one as well, possibly against Minnesota. There's no question he had another. No, but that, this one this one cost him points because if they had made, made that, I think yeah. they would have won the game. And, yeah, that was a 2-2. And this is finish. the one yeah. This is the one that I totally remember that the, the American media just had a field day with it because they were yeah. just essentially saying they were, they were saying 
this is the reason why American soccer is so bad because <laughs> this can't be missed on an easy shot like that. I tell, I'll tell you who had a field day with it. The 12 guys I brought to the Whitecaps game to no. show them that it's actually kind of a, not a bad level. I still haven't heard the end of that from them. Did they ever go back to another game? Uh, no, uh, Nick was one of them, <laughs> so he he might come. He may or may not come back to another game. Rupert. But yeah, yeah, AFTN writer Nick Rupert. You're all dead wrong. <laughs> that was Breck Shea's gaff was not the miss of the year. The miss of the year is obviously the one that impacted the year the most holistically. The playoffs. No, oh. the whole holistic. <laughs> that's a good one. Holistically is Greg Anderson messing up Breck Shea's contract. Uh-huh. Uh, not not knowing the clause. But that happened in 2017. Yeah, but uh, it was technically it can't be, can't win. But it was something that I got bu- Greg. but something that <laughs> something that impacted 2018 probably more than any, anything. $745,000 designated player mistake. I one we missed on save of the year, I do believe they changed their paperclip supplier and they have saved <laughs> some money in that. Well, there was a thing a few years ago that if a government changes the font that they use, they can save like almost a million dollars a year or something like that. So maybe the Whitecaps could look into that for another save of the year. There was another bad miss, which we should talk about, which was a couple of weeks, maybe one game, two games after, which was Kai Kamara had a horrible miss against New England. That was another game that finished in a draw. Those misses... Two games, could have been two wins, four points, playoffs, Queen has balls, she's the king. Breck Shea is a designated player on $745,000. Kai Kamara is basically a designated player. No, but that's, yeah, but they wanted him here. They, yeah. was, the, the Breck Shea is the biggest miss of the year. Was it three yards in front of an open goal is kind of the It bar was that's pretty bad. I but, couldn't but find the, ball the came replay across off the I just remember it and I couldn't find like, it. Yeah, I, I can't get over the shame. Yeah. It's, it's kind of burned into my head like where I was what I was looking at where he was standing how he did not kick the ball yeah properly. I watched it again tonight I had, I had to struggle to find it again you see it and it's like oh. I don't have the heart Fonzie plays the ball in and he just takes a heavy touch and then he's like oh yeah that's what I think went through his head <laughs> then a couple of weeks later he got that horrific haircut with dreadlocks that's a miss of the year yeah, yeah. that could be in our haircut of the year but anyway, that is it for part one. We've got other awards that we might talk about in future weeks as well, but we'll be back and talking about how Mark DeSantos can build an empire after this. Hi, I'm Mark DeSantos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. So we've been doing this for time Trying to build an empire Moving how we move But see we always give you fire We're the dons The senses, the captains and the masters The presidents and more Because we give you what we have to. And we've done this Done it for time Dive off on the mic I'll come for the round Your veterans Mountains climb Try you shit Got a sound you like to begin Hug nothing Drums in the pockets Writing on jotters Young cub topics But I'm raping it now Just honest Get in the booth And I kill it be honest I'm a demon in this And I built it Sat with the boys And we plan no limits Got a rep that you want to be given a word for this mate you'll hear if you listen I'm an artist and I love it right in my life but I'm giving you snippets and I do it you sit in your mimic daily tea then I kill it be villain what? Mad Hat McGore there Zach's favourite did you think that sounded like the other two? a bit mm. no that was different I, I'll t- I'll give it just to find that. out you got a new album out that's why month. I said a bit Steve yeah so a whole new album of stuff I've got to bring of his I'm 
people, I'm sure, are just so excited. Yeah, I am. Anyway, you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. We had our interview with, with Marta Santos last week. Went down very well. Had a lot of good feedback from various people, including media members, as to how good an interview it was and how excited they are by what DeSantis said. So he talked a lot about how he wants his teams to play, how he wants to build his team. So we thought we'd have a little bit of fun in the next two parts, and we're going to try and have our dream team of which MLS players... Realistic. So let's not just. It's go hard to for when you say dream team. When, when you say dream and then you say realistic, like yeah. it's got to okay. be one or the other. And you add an MLS. Yeah. I'll like, drop. I'll drop the word dream. Yeah. Drop well, the you word say dream. the word dream and you see an outline of David Villa, and then you say realistic, and it's actually Eric Hurtado or something <laughs> like uh, that. Well, my, my MLS dream team is just old Johnny Russell. Mm. That's, that's a different that. dream altogether. Man for all seasons. Yeah. Who I don't have in my dream team eleven. Because I saw he was on 1.3 million and I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Are we supposed to take salary and stuff into yeah. account? Cause I, I think so. A little bit. This is the Vancouver Whitecaps yeah. show. But, but we've got money now. We yeah. can we can go for a blockbuster trade. Well, we don't have money. But the, no. The AFTN has not been given any gam that we know of. We weren't part of the Davies deal, were we? Possibly. Uh, no. Solidarity payments. <laughs> yes, because we have watched him since he was young. Salary can get taken into account. I, with salary, I feel we do have the gam, the tam, the wham bam, thank you ma'am, to do one blockbuster MLS trade. So I think we could get away with one big Dom Dwyer type yeah. trade. But, but you still have to consider the salary that the player is on or would be on. Yes, That's because a lot of the salaries now are obviously going to be even higher. Yeah. So we got a lot of good suggestions from people. On Twitter, so we'll go over ours. We'll go over what they suggested as well. So we'll kick things off with goalkeepers. Now, obviously, we've got Stefan Marinovic. I I still don't think he'll be back. I think he I think he's got a better chance of coming back now yeah, with I, how Mark DeSantis. I think he stays one more year. If I he stays, at least for six months until the summer. See, if he stays, then we're not looking at getting a starter in, which kind of you're looking at a backup. You're also assuming that they're taking Marinovic's option. Yes, and you've got Spencer Ritchie as well, who's not going to want to come back to play second fiddle to Marinovic. He told us that a couple of weeks ago. So that would open up maybe bringing in a backup keeper or someone to challenge Marinovic. Yeah, you you can approach it two ways, right? You bring in someone better than who we have, or we bring in a backup, right? Yes. Um, and I, I always think if you're bringing someone in, it has to be better than yes. what you've got. And as far as a goalie goes... You, you look at the person that's bringing in that you're bringing in as well, right? They can't be like the best player on that team or else they'll never let them go. No, yes. exactly. Who is a player that has been elbowed out of the starting lineup? Yeah. Who is a goalkeeper in MLS? Oh, who showed promise earlier? David Usted. Yes. That's my goalie I've pick. heard of him. He's a he's an up-and-coming talent. What about David Osted? Either. <laughs> I think they're related. Tomato, so tomato. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Bill Hamid came in a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, management has moved on. New leaf for the Whitecaps. Yeah, unfortunately, though, the Whitecaps management has not moved on, and I don't think they would welcome him back. But yeah. I did think of him. If well, they were looking for a goalie. Yeah. And you what if to they hire? What goalie? if they rehire Marius Roda as their coach? <laughs> coach <laughs> and he really brings him back. That would be funny. Um, hey, look, there's a pig. It's fine. <laughs> um, I was looking over the like the keepers in MLS. One of the things that stood out to me was like. I, like how undesirable most of them are. Yes. Mostly, like some of the ones who have been quality over the years, mostly due to age and salary. 
Um, like I did not, uh, I did not find people that, that, that I think are fit here. Uh, Spencer, to me, what they do with Stefan and Spencer, that's like, that'll, that'll, uh, solve, that'll answer kind of what type of keeper they're obviously looking for. Yes. And, and obviously Sean as well. But, um, for me, the only, the only two that I thought maybe, uh, and one is I think on the unrealistic end and one is on the un- potentially underwhelming end is it's a choice between, and I'm, I'm not doing this just for the namesake, but it's a choice between two Zachs. Zach Steffen from Columbus, who I think might even go to Europe, or is going to Europe or whatever. Um, so Zach Steffen, and to me he's not a complete keeper either, but uh, in terms of MLS standard, I think he's, he knocked pre- out Atlanta he's, last he's pretty good. The other one is Zach McMath. Who again? Yeah, I had him on my list. It's a bit of a roll of the dice, but uh, and you, 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 you. In one ways, you in one one sense, you think he'll probably want to stay in Colorado, hoping that Tim Howard is going to you know, retire. I think it's after this year or whatever, or cross the line. <laughs> okay, um, and, he's crossed the line before, and um, and so you, you might think he might want to stay there because it's. It's safe, yeah, and it's easy to go. It's a, yeah. He, he could he, he could play a big role there, and not have to worry about breaking in and doing it. You know, whatever. But those are the two, the only two that really I thought. You know, maybe I, one of them could. I be. had McMath on my list. I also one guy that I think I think he's Portland's backup right now, uh, Steve Clark. He used to be Columbus Crew's key, uh, keeper. He's awful. No, he, uh, he he had a couple of good years with Columbus. His celebration he got knocked out of Stefan. His celebration, Stephon. his celebration where he takes a dump in the corner in front of the Nordecki. That is okay. like all you. That's all you need. Like that's okay. a symbol of his play. Okay. Uh, so Steve Clark, I think, would be a good option as a backup. Uh, who can, uh, if Marinovic again goes down with an injury, can come in and, and do a decent job. Any? Oh. Yeah, we take into account like. Okay, Marinovic's strong points are shot stopping. Dos Santos, the way he wants to play, like, is it going to be a similar type of goalie? I can't really think of goalies in the MLS that have good distribution. Um, I, I don't know. Stefan Stefan's going the wrong way if he comes to Whitecaps. I think I don't think he ever wants to come back. No, like go to another MLS team. He's going to Europe, I think for sure. We had some suggestions on Twitter. Bo Chevalier said Sean Johnson from NYC. Now, he's on a guaranteed two fifty. No, they're not giving him up. So he's they're not giving him up. Marinovic is on one sixty two and a half, as well. So he's on quite a low salary. Sean John is not that great, and he's not coming because he is a decent keeper there. Yeah, and it's a, he's on a marketable team. Remember, yeah. remember, team. Uh, MLS teams do not want to spend an international spot on a keeper, and they don't want to spend over like two fifty three hundred thousand on a keeper. Yeah. So don't. Oh yeah, because like Drayton Vanee suggested Tim Melia. That's, that's never. They're, they're like never giving him up. There's very few goalies that are better. Fits a, a lot of the players that we're more likely to get are going to be from Eastern teams. But the, and talking of Eastern teams, the number one suggestion: Glass City, Caleb Wilkins, Thomas Brown, Chris Harrett, Peter Hickens, Whitecap Scarf, and myself, Maxim Kropo. Again, they're not going to give him up. But he's just away Ottawa Fury for the year. Yeah, but on loan. Yeah. So Guaranteed 84000 He spent this year with Ottawa Fury, but he did win goalkeeper of the year. MDS will have likely worked with him when he was in the academy, so he will have seen him, so there may be something there. He sent a homegrown deal in 2013. He's only played three MLS games. He did lose all three. Evan Bush played all 34 for Montreal, so I guess it's whether they want to stick with Bush... And then Crop is it Crepo? Crepo. Crepo. Crepo then might think, well, I want to be a Max. starter. 
And if he wants to be a starter and we can offer him the chance to be a starter, that could tempt him. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's sort of like a logical one, but I too, I'm with Steve. I don't I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I don't They're think Montreal's going to get rid of him for nothing. And would he come in and be a starter right away too? Right. Well, I, I if Marinovic doesn't come back, I'd like two keepers that's going to really battle it out. The, the other thing you were talking about, Timilia, I looked at him too, but he's like 32. Like he's yeah. not young. But I thought we, he was like really we young. We do need some experience in the team. But and goalkeepers then, go till they're like 35, 36, oh, 37. Oh no, I know, but yeah. but. Yeah, he just uh, he feels a little bit you, old. You want a battle, which then also brings you possibly to right back. So you had Sean Franklin as your old veteran this year, battling Nerwinski. Can't see Franklin being back. No. And Nerwinski I think Nerwinski's established himself, especially if they play a wing he back has, system. He has, but he needs challenged. We maybe talked about this in the past. Why Why do you not see Franklin back? Is it the age? Is it the the wage? What like, What is it? No, just I think they need a younger I mean, similar age. I, I, a younger guy, maybe, but someone that can really challenge Jake. Justin Fittis type. I, I think. <laughs> I think the rising was on the wall for Franklin towards the end of the season when Nerwinski was starting was the automatic choice at that position. Yeah. Like they, at the, when the season started, it was more of a battle. Then, it, as the season went on, it was clear who won that battle. Because we know DeSantis is going to want his wingers to to go forward and be able to get back. So Nerwinski can at least do that. See, this is another position where. Teams do not want to spend international spots. Most teams, and they don't want to spend too much money on fullbacks either. It's 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 a weird position again that people want great play from a fullback, but they don't want to pay for it. But if Franklin doesn't come back, we will need a, need a backup, and that's for sure. a very yeah. good point. Um, I, the only person I could think of in the MLS that I would want to come in that could possibly start above um, Nerwinski, and I know this is an unrealistic shout, but it's the only guy I could think of was uh, Harrison of Fool. Um, for yeah, yeah. We tough. have had enough awful right backs <laughs> at the White Caps. I, I was taking a, I was taking more of a two negatives make a positive kind of a approach for this one. But he also, I looked at him too. He also is not young. He's like, is it thirty two? He's also on three hundred sixty four yeah, thousand. That's yeah. the other so part. that's like whoa. For me, I, I didn't I didn't check this guy's salary, but um, uh, I'm going to mess up his name now. Uh, SAS, uh, who has played somewhere back, he from Kansas City. He's now at uh, Man City Light there. Abdul Salam. Yeah, Abdul Salam. Yeah, again, not like uh, like those keepers I mentioned. Not like uh, like oh, great wish list kind of kind of player, yeah. but someone who could be uh, who could contribute. Of course, Portland would love it if he came here because he is, of course, the double post man. But yeah. some of the suggestions we got were unrealistic just because of salary. So, like Drayton Van Hayes said, Harrison a fool as well. Uh, sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Abdul Salam, 120,000 salary. Oh, that's not a bad he would salary. Be a great yeah. pickup. And he's like, I think, 27. So it's he's not old, but he's 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 the white caps young. But like we had Jordan Harvey when he was He'd be eligible for next year's award. Older, like a bit of experience in the key position he's, isn't necessarily bad, especially no, with Nerwinski yeah. as backup. Right, and he's younger than Eric Hurtado and Breck Shea, as you we were. Yeah. Peter Hicken suggested Ronald Maturita from New York City. Yes, but I don't know if High he would make that. Five, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Thomas Brown suggested an even more expensive guy, Adam Lundqvist. 433. 433. Yeah. Now, to pay that for a right back, to me, seems very... In, like, in an MLS league. Yeah. When you have really, Jake Nerwinski. Yeah. You have to have very cheap options at striker, central midfield, or something like that in order to pay a right back that much. Well, That's let's look at Beta Sure. Yeah. We wouldn't give him what he was looking for, which I think was just about 200,000. He's on was, just under 300 now at LAFC. Yeah. He, and he's only 31. He's he, he's 
But he's a good experience right one, back one in MLS. Thing, one thing to say about Betashore, left the Whitecaps, went to TFC, Whitecaps didn't make the playoffs, TFC did. Left TFC to go to LAFC, TFC didn't make the playoffs, LAFC did. Mm. Maybe he is some kind of magical only, charm. Only three years older than Eric Hurtado. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and Iran made well, the World Cup. you've just blown my mind for the second time. <laughs> yeah. to, really? Well, yeah. If Eric Hurtado is 28 and Betashore is 31, you said? Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Two good suggestions, and one of these is on my list. I don't think we would get this guy, but it would be amazing if we did. Julian Gressel from Atlanta. Not going to happen. Never, not in a million right years. Glass City, Caleb Balkan suggested him. 111,000 he is only on. Because he was the, a draft pick. The, yeah. M- yeah. the MLS uh, staff writers would jump off a building if that did yeah. happen. They're so in love with that guy. The, the one which, there's one which is a, a again, a whitecap young age kind of player that we mentioned, I think, last week is uh, San Jose's Nick Lima. Yes, he was the top of my list. Now, he was suggested as well by Chris Harrop and Beau Chevalier. He's only on 100,000. He played all 34 games for the Quakes this year. Two goals and two assists. Gressel, by the way, got 14 assists. Yeah. That's when like when you're passing insane. To but that's again... Well, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but then again, like, like again, I'm going to keep repeating myself. When you have a young fullback that's American, it's very hard to get them out of the... Well, maybe, of the maybe, it's, yeah. maybe it's a position that they the Whitecaps use their second round pick for this year to try and bring someone yeah. in. Like, I know it hasn't worked out la- well, like last year. But. Yeah, I mean, the draft, draft picks this year were promising and then turned out to be dreadful. If you had Lima and Nerwinski... That would be a one hell of a battle at right back. You know, Two the, potential US national team right backs. An, another another right back who you know has lots of ML experiences under thirty. Uh, wage probably could be lower than it was previously. Is a young man named uh, Shannon Williams. I think, I think he might be available at LA. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. If we had Nerwinski and Lima, I think it would be too much of a battle to the point that someone would be unhappy. That's just my. One Probably yes. My caution: we, we don't want Nerwinski going to New York. No. <laughs> Let's move to the left now. A couple of interesting suggestions here. Ashton Morgan was suggested by Whitecap Scarf, who mainly has just suggested Canadian players. I don't but he know. is on 121 and a half. I don't like him. He's he never makes, been a starter anywhere, though. He makes too many mistakes. Mm. That's, That's why they got, he's never been a starter. He's, he's on the bench. He's, he, no, the, he was a starter for TFC, and then they got Justin Morrow, and then he went to the bench essentially. Anton Tinnerholm from New York City was suggested by a lot of folk. Caleb Three, Wilkins, Thomas Brown, Peter Hickens. 434,925. He is, is he? on guarantee. I thought it was 350. Yeah. Okay. Um, one person who is on 100,000 a year plays for a really good team and who I really like is Kamar Lawrence. Yes. He was yeah, also suggested by Drayton Van Ays. Yeah. 255,660 guaranteed, though, oh, he is okay. on. So his base is yeah. low, but then his guarantee takes it up. Four goals and ten assists he's got. Now, the thing with a left-back, we've got Marcel de Jong, we've got Brett Levi, so they're both due back. Now, if... So if you need to... That partnership is good for at least yeah, a year. No, you can't this, afford to spend too much. This, if DeSantos goes three at the back, then you basically that becomes a wing-back. Where that, yeah. he's, they're going to have... They're obviously going to have some defensive responsibility. It'd be less defensive responsibility. So maybe it fits better with them that they're going to be playing in those kind of positions if he goes three at the back. I think Levi's would still be the default option if it is a wing for now. position. Yeah, because it's unlikely Franklin's to come back on the right side. I think the left side, as much as I still, even though I've talked about him as a left back, I still don't think Marcel truly naturally is a left back. He's, I a, think, left, he's a left winger. You no, know, I, I think if if like I think that they might move Diong to left wing 
Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, a backup left winger. And then you can, we could bring Levi's in at left back, and then you bring in a, a, somebody to challenge him. But, Steve, you're replacing Alfonso Davies with... A backup. With I just the, said De Jong yeah. as a backup. But then who starts? Davies was never a backup. You bring in. You bring in somebody. Yeah. We're, we're going to get to that. Yeah. yeah, it's true. No, I mean at left back, yeah. right? Like, it well, still so be left, that, Levi's again. So yeah, so at left at left back, I see Marcel as either starting or him and I see him and Levi splitting it at left back, or uh, Marcel kind of being the, the the secondary option both at left back and somewhere mm-hmm. up the left wing. Uh, th- so I think it's one of the maybe more the less urgent yeah, positions. I think that's one that if you do bring someone in, you don't want to spend much money on. Yeah, and this is this is my one suggestion, which is again not a great suggestion by any means. Uh, and I don't know his situation. I can't remember his dollars, but he's young enough and he's Canadian enough. Uh, is Raheem Raheem Edwards? Yeah, you're See, funny. Yeah, I know. I had him on the list too. Though he's a, also kind of in that De Jong situation where he's kind of a left winger but left back. Um, the only problem is with him. I saw him. He's only eighty thousand, I think, on the cap. Whoa. But when the trade happened, when he got sent from Montreal to Chicago. They, Chicago paid $400,000 in TAM to get acquired, oh my God. which surprised me when I saw that. I was like, why are they spending that much on them? So I maybe they had just TAM lying around. They had to spend it or something. I don't know. It was going to expire in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's also because, Steve, his contract situation might be so good. Yeah. yeah. He might be locked in at so many options at a low price that they're yeah. figuring they yeah. can get him for a number of years for a low price. The last left-back option we'll mention is a guy who is also – popular with our listeners, Glass City, Chris Harrop, Caleb Wilkins, who wants him as a left winger, Whitecap Scarf, who wants him as a midfielder, as does Peter Hickens, Yoshi Uten from Orlando, Isn't Peruvian. He a DP? He's he's at six hundred thousand, so oh, that okay. could be one of your blockbuster. He could be a tam. Deals. He could be a yeah, tam player, but that could be your big block. Like I said, you can probably afford to go for one guy. That's too much of a luxury. But, the MLS well, rights of Brexit. He can play left back. He can play DM. Yeah. Four goals and ten assists from twenty-two appearances. Someone to keep Jordi Reyna happy. If you're bringing him in as a DM, then I could see that happening. But if you're bringing him in at left back, I, that wouldn't be. I, I would see him in uh, It'd be emergency situations. I, yeah. I would be back. underwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. So we'll just round off this section with centre backs, and then we'll do midfielders in the next part. Now, obviously, right now we don't know what centre backs are going to be back. We I can assume Kendall probably won't be, but you never know. Yeah. Highly unlikely though. I think we might have Daniel Henry, probably Aaron Mond if they pick his option up. I think and they will because it's cheap. Dominguez, the guy that they brought, yeah, in, he does seem very happy. This yeah. week about not playing and not being happy, and their talks of maybe trading him to DC. Fine, get rid of him. Yeah, who cares if you're not happy, just get shot. Yeah, and there might be uh, a Jose, center. Jose Aja. Uh, we have to give. No money. No, I I think it's a little mistaken. I saw a transfer market. It actually was a note on there. They have to give if they sell them outside the MLS or something like that, then they have to give them money. No, if we pick his option up, is we have it to that too? Okay, yeah. so there's there's two yeah, there's two, two options. Yeah, he's only he is only twenty. He's in that young white cap yeah. age range of twenty five. And I liked him initially. What I saw from him initially seemed good. There. For me, the big standout guy, and again, this would possibly be another bl- one of the blockbuster deals if you're only going to do one, is Aiko Para. Glass City, Chris Harrop, Peter Higgins suggested him as well. Nine seasons in the league. He's not cheap anymore. When he won Defender of the Year, he was like under 200,000. He's on 342.916 now. He's 30 in February, 
which is experienced, not a bad age. You could have him for a couple of years. Big thing he's got over Kendall, he's only been sent off once in nine years of MLS play. <laughs> That's amazing. 15 goals and five assists as well, which I know when you're talking about defenders, you can't really look at their goals. Well, he's a set piece threat. Yeah. 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 Three I, goals and two assists this year. I personally think that if, if you're going to keep Daniel Henry and you're keeping um, Maud, I don't think, I think the center back you bring in is somebody from uh, abroad. I think that's As one of the positions. No, a Tam. Just a Tam. Like a, like a high Tam player, like maybe a, at 600,000 and you buy him down to 300 or something, whatever the case is, however they can deal it. So I think that's the position you will, the starting position. One center back who's out of, out of contract this year is a young man named Timothy Parker. They should look at him. <laughs> oh, yes. I think he's going to Europe. Yeah, he's had interest from Europe, but yeah, he'd be a good one to look at. I get a New York connection with Jake Norwinsky. Yeah. Uh, there um two people I thought of. One because... He's my favorite center back. He's getting old. Maybe Atlanta will let him go. Is Michael Parkhurst mm. still really functional? But he's getting old. Like that's the thing. Yeah, I don't they, think that's going to happen. If Atlanta are going, if they don't win the cup and they want to do that building block under a new coach and everything like that, they need to look at new center backs. So maybe there's something on the table there that could happen. Second one, uh, person who's only started five times despite being a very uh, experienced MLS player uh, is Aurelian Collin. Who I love. Yes. He's, for me, he's uh, a little too old and a little too slow at 30, this point. 32. I think he no, might be slow for, slow what, for what the Santos wants to Maybe. play. Yeah. That, that, but yeah, that would be my problem with Parkhurst as well. Yeah, like if you're yeah. gonna play, if you're gonna play Danielle with him, then okay, he, at least Danielle has some like some pace and it could, could balance well. But yeah, a good both, finish both, on him as well. Both those guys, well, there, but good finish. Both those guys w- would be concerning for me for for pace, but they are that kind of yeah veteran. You know, MLS center back. Couple of guys I have as cheap options, if uh, as depth, especially if they're going to go three at the back, that they need extra backups. Is uh, Kofi Para from uh, DC United uh, good? Decent would be a decent backup if Both they trade. Could we get two? Yeah. If, if if they deal, uh, uh, what's his name to DC? Uh, oh, oh, Dominguez. Yeah, maybe yeah. they get him back for him. He's on one thirty three, one twenty five. Yeah. Six seasons in the league. And another one is Amir Didich. Uh He played under DeSantos for Swope Yes, Whitecaps Canadian. Him. He's never made an MLS appearance, but DeSantis is going to know him. Yeah. He was somebody that jumped out as... Yeah, if, if DeSantos likes him, I think they should go for him. I don't know if he likes him or not. He's on just over 55 and a half as yeah. well, so well. that's a very cheap option. Yeah. But obviously, these guys would probably need more. Some others that were suggested that are totally out of the ballpark, money-wise, probably, is Leandro Gonzalez-Perez from Atlanta. (laughs) Alexander Callens from NYC. He's over 500,000, I think. That was Chris Harp and Peter Higgins that suggested him. Axel Schoberg, Chris Corrigan, and... Schoberg would be disastrous. Yeah, Rusty Dubert... Mentioned him 195. He's probably too slow. Yeah, he's he was he's, good when he first came into the league. He's awkward and lanky. Yeah. He, he's the guy Slamo would love that because he's the guy, didn't he's the guy who played Thunder, Thunder Ray Chill? Chill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Another Canadian, Jakovic at LAFC. Oh, slow. No, yeah. No, yeah. Experienced. I, I, I appreciate DN, but yeah, that. And he's like 33. Yeah, it's not a Caleb suggested this one. When he suggested this, I thought, oh, it's not a bad shout. And then I saw his salary and I was stunned. Justin Glad at RSL, two hundred ninety-one thousand. He's on. Yeah, but That's he didn't. Bad, he though. didn't start I those. Mean, two. You think what Tim Parker was on and how he wanted more. Well, and Glad is Glad is the shining hope for. But the, the thing yeah, is, he didn't start yeah. for RSL in their two ga- playoff games. Mm. 
They yeah. started uh, Matt Beasler's brother. I don't know his first name. Well, Matt Beasler was also suggested that's by a no. couple of folk, but way too people high. People are asking for way too much. I, like see, that's that's where you put the dream and the realistic, and you confuse people too mistake. much. Yeah. But here's an interesting one. Andrew Farrell, New England Revolution. Oh, he's on two sixty-seven and a half. Yeah, he was... six seasons in MLS now. Yeah, he would be great. Um, six hard seasons on that horrible uh, AstroTurf. Yes, in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the memory I have of him is I was watching on the zone this year. I was just watching a random MLS game. He scored his first MLS goal. Uh, it was uh, off of off a corner or something like that, and he was the it was the most joyous celebration I've seen in MLS. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, he would be a good option. Um, like he, he's a good experience. He's a right back slash center back, so he'd have, he'd have the speed yeah. to play center back in that in that yeah. defensive style. Big and powerful as yeah. well. Yeah, not tall, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that was one from Glass City. I liked that. And the last one I'll mention, just from Thomas Brown, someone that Mark DeSantis will know a lot about, but he only moved to LAFC this season. Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Again, six seasons in the league. He's on another reasonable two thirty-five, so that's not bad amount. Yeah, but he's American and he's on a, a two thirty-five for an expansion team. They're they're gonna that likes to spend on attackers. Yeah, there's no, there's I cannot see that them wanting to get rid of him, especially after they already got rid of Simon. Yeah. And, yeah. and at the beginning, there was talk about oh, well, just we we have the option to play three at the back because we have so, three such solid center backs. So uh, yeah, I can't, I, I couldn't see that, that. To me, that's too unrealistic. Yeah. So I think Farrell might be the one from the high end, but someone like Didich as well is definitely a possibility. The thing about Farrell is not a natural centre back. He's played mainly at full back, so yeah. that might be well. Could having have someone who can do there as well. I I believe in uh, that MDS will be able to find a young Brazilian or like young yeah. by twenty five um, <laughs> Brazilian that could play uh, that centre back position. That's the hard thing about this is because we're kind of doing this in a vacuum, right? We're kind of doing this of just MLS, yeah, because you don't know. What the other options are like? We're not. We're not. It's like oh, we're, no. it's like we, we're playing we manager. To do this for MLS. It's that like we're it. playing manager like, mode in MLS on FIFA. We're yes. not. We're not playing. Uh, what's it called? Football Manager. Funny story about Whitecaps and Football Manager 19. Absolutely, as I was playing, the whole game crashed, and every time I would go back, it would crash at the same place, which I think is just saving me from the inevitable heartbreak of a Whitecaps season. So I managed Cambridge United instead. That's sad. Anyway, we'll be back to look at some midfield options after this. Hi, I'm Jake Norinsky, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. The Dutch East India Company, and the USA of A, think they can fill. With that, since they used to be Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. In spiral carpets in the fall there with I Want You. And there's a lot of MLS players that we would love to have here in Vancouver. Some more realistic than others. I don't think I'll be getting my Johnny Russell here. He is on 1.3 million. 10 goals and 10 assists. That's a, that's a value for them for sure. 
we're going to look at all the midfielders together. So we'll have 10 minutes chatting about the midfielders, 10 minutes chatting about forwards, and just some of the suggestions that came up. So these could be DMs, CMs, AMs, LMs, RMs, any other AMs, PMs, DMs. Oh, I haven't mentioned DMs. Slide into mine. <laughs> any players in the midfield that tickle your fancy? Okay, let's get the one out of the air right away. Mark Anthony K. Yeah, I uh, think everyone on everybody, the everybody had it. Everybody had that. Let's see um, who I had suggesting him. Quickly. That that was a big long list. Glass of City, people. Drayton Van Aas, Peter Hickens, Caleb Wilkins, Thomas Brown, uh, Beau Chevalier, Chris Harrop, Whitecap Scarf, me. And, and let's just finish it off here. Not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. they, they value him too much yeah. down there. Yeah, he was. We talked about like he's too. He was yeah. too significant to their team. When Taylor Twelman mentions him in the playoff telecasting, that how much they miss him. Two goals why why do you love assists. Taylor Twelman? So much? Because he, I'm just saying that he mentioned a Canadian on a on a on a broadcast. You know that it's significant miss. Only on seventy five thousand. Yeah. I mean, he needs to get more. This is not an open system. Oh, like, no, where I know. you can it's walk in like, and say, like "We'll give you football. more." Well, if he signed with a Mexico team, maybe you can get more. It would be nice, though, like if we can live in that space for just a minute. Um, okay, let's look at teams that are in disarray and are rebuilding. Right? Oh, we are, the Whitecaps. It's yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> we, we're constantly looking yes, at that team. But no, yeah, that is that is the way to do it. Yes. Teams like that that want to maybe get rid of some yeah. guys to bring new ones in or raise some money or are in the East. Yeah. That's your realistic a, a, things. A team that traded for a player for a lot of money and then traded him away in the same season. Does that sound like the kind of team that you're yes. that we're working with? Yeah. They seem like the perfect picking Yeah. So how place. about Sasha Kleschen? No, that would be a he would want good to, one. If, if I don't know how any professional player would want to stay in that kind of an environment. No. Like a, a huge stadium with lots of fans is a great thing if you're winning. Yes. <laughs> if you're losing, it is terrible. Especially like if they're right there. If you there. just can't make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So why not him, right? So the Whitecaps have a connection to him, right? Through Felipe. And, and oh, that he got yes. sent off against the Whitecaps a few years ago, too. That's a connection in a way. Well, if Felipe stays here. Well, Felipe then, is then one of the guys <laughs> that should be back next year. Really? Well, he's well, he's under contract, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah but he could be traded, too. Yeah. Yeah, he could be, but he also... I well, think, he, like, for all these trades that we're talking about, he's, like, a good person to put up as your as your trade bait. Yeah. Yeah. Other, yeah. I, think, I think, though, uh, and... We'll see how this plays out, but to me, Mark DeSantos coming in makes it more likely or possible for Felipe to stay. That's true. Yes, I think he he suits the kind of game that he plays. I think they'll get on. Yeah, I think you'll also just be able to go that extra mile in terms of connecting with him, even just via you know speaking the same language, primary language. Yeah, English. <laughs> Um, uh, one guy I had that was kind of under the radar that I noticed uh, when I was scouring through transfer market uh, uh, was a, a, a center midfielder from DC United. Um, his name is Ulysses Seguero. He's a Costa Rican. We had a Ulysses here. Yeah, Tiago yeah, yeah, yeah. Ulysses, I think it was. Um, no, but uh, he he was on the cusp of making the World Cup team. Uh, just missed out on it. He was actually profiled in the Washington Post. And um, he could be a guy, not as a starter, but like as a decent guy, as a third uh, central midfielder who can play box-to-box a little attacking. Yeah. Um, a couple of people I would... Like, these are my break-the-bank list for midfield. Um, Krylatch. Yeah. <laughs> Before <laughs> this be nice. playoff run, <laughs> you would maybe have had more chance of getting him. Yeah. After this playoff run, his stock's going to be 34 games, higher. 15 goals. Yeah. Like, that would be very nice. Um, Mulholland. 
on the same team. Who I've always wanted us to sign yeah. because I've got a song by Frank Black, <laughs> Hooray, Hooray, Hooray for Mulholland, and I've always wanted to play it on the show. Um, and if we wanted to raid uh, Chicago, I would be happy with one of either Dax McCarthy or Matt Polster. Yeah. I I think Dax is getting a little long in the tooth, but yeah, Matt Polster for sure is is on my list. But we, we have to get some experience, guys. As but well. Matt Polster, Matt, Matt Polster has a, you know four, what is it four or five years MLS like eighty to a hundred yeah. games MLS experience. Like I think, but you need a, you need an old veteran as well. Like if Kai's not back, you need some over thirty guys in that locker room. But Matt Matt Polster plays like one of those. Yeah. Like he's an old head on young shoulders, or whatever the saying is, right? Like he would be. I can't think like the more I think about it the more I would love it and the more I realize it's probably not going to happen yeah he also is like Joe and I were just talking about this because we both thought of him but like he's played in Cascadia before he played for Victoria Highlanders briefly back in the day some other suggestions a couple of folks suggested Benny Failhaber he was actually on my list but for some reason I didn't bring him up but yeah LAFC letting him go well, maybe one, or, again, one of him or, or like, Mark Anthony Kay. We don't think LAFC will let guys like that go, but LAFC is a market where they want to bring in high-profile players, and if they can get a replacement for him that's a bigger name, yeah. you've got more chance of them shipping but, someone but, out. But you also need uh, uh, these teams that want to bring... You need these kind of glue guys that are have MLS experience because you can't oh, yeah, just bring no, in... Totally. You just can't bring in like new player, new player, new player. And he's Bob player. Bradley's man, yeah. too, like on the field. Like he, I think Bob Bradley treats him more like a son than Michael Bradley. But they have that. They have that with a number of players, right? Yeah. Both young and old. So they're both their. You know, they have uh, Jordan Harvey and Betasher. They yeah. have Walker Zimmerman's been around. And I think I think they like, like that. And they yeah. like that, that. I think if they replace people, they're going to replace a Diego Rossi if they sell him off. Yes, if I, I also if they sell don't really off. see LAFC blowing up a team that was so successful in their first year. Yeah, you want to. You don't want to do what we're doing, which is every year. 15, 16 new faces come in. Yeah. Uh, that young Portuguese guy they have who plays for like Portugal's under 21s. Porto? Yeah. Is, is he is he a midfielder or a striker? Or? Yeah, he would be nice, I think. He was the <laughs> he was the player, and I, I haven't looked at how it all played out. He was the player that everyone was expecting would take Mark Anthony's place, Mark Anthony K's place in their midfield when he came in. And it was proven that no, Mark, Mark, Mark Anthony K was too significant for them up obviously up until his injury other suggestions from the readers listeners Felipe Gutierrez would be nice but Ooh. probably see the Chilean guy. yes yeah. Yeah. are you from sporting I think it's so. sporting yeah you're right yeah now a few people suggested Columbus's Artur now Columbus is a team that you feel you could possibly go in and pick from yeah. Because of their ownership changes? No, just uh, it's an Eastern team. Because they are rebooting into Crew 2.0. Yeah. An he, Eastern team that might need oh, to I think just do something different. I think he's too important to the team. for mm. like he, He's an anchor of the And he's team. no awful. <laughs> so that, that Columbus was actually one of... Well, I have one suggestion, or not suggestion, but kind of like a rehash from Columbus. Especially if Burr is leaving or whatever to take the American yeah. job. or you know, I guess we won't know about that for a little bit. But if he is leaving, and then, yeah, Steve, as you mentioned, they're in this kind of, let's call it a transition phase. Resetting? Yeah. One of the players which has been linked to Vancouver in the past, and I'm not saying, again, I don't think this is an excellent idea, but I think it's definitely something that has, you know, has has had legs in the past and could in the future, is Justin Miram. Yeah, but he just moved for twice, like, yeah. Yeah, I like Justin Miram, too. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't well, know he if he's going to move. It seems to be a very personal 
like I think he journey was okay. that he went through. I think he realized how good he had at, at Columbus. Yeah, because not very many people bothered. Well, but him. why would he? Why would he <laughs> risk that? I guess he doesn't have a, a choice in the matter if it's a trade. But I think things just didn't click. Yeah. in in, in Orlando. In Orlando, uh, I don't know how much of it was personal. But I know, yeah, well, obviously, a lot, Columbia, of, Columbia. a lot of players' things just don't seem to click in Orlando. So there does seem to be big issues there. Well, yeah. not just players, coaches, oh, yeah. yeah. Are we including wingers in this midfielder discussion? No, no, no I think we'll go for up. them in, in the forwards in and attackers. In one minute. Last one I'll probably mention then, Sebastian Leger. Who's he for? Where's he, he playing for? He plays for Galaxy. Oh, I, that's my, right. Yeah, Michael, yeah. I think the it's high. Galaxy high. might want to just... I forget her name, but like his girlfriend is like uh, an actress in Hollywood. Hey, so, we're uh, Hollywood North. Yeah, I don't. I, is it Rose McIver? No, uh, I don't believe so. She was in. Um, I don't know her name, but she was in. Uh, what's that movie called? The the kids thing, uh, kids show, Power Power Rangers, the Power Rangers movie. Oh. She was in that. Any other midfielders tickle your pickle? No. Okay. If we could get all eight of those, I'd be happy. Okay, let's move on to attackers. So we'll class wingers, strikers. Anything like that. Okay, so let's just get this let's just get this out of the way. Johnny ready. Russell. No. Well, Johnny Russell, sure, but more importantly for Michael, he's got a Will Bruin. Michael wants Will Bruin. No, he's just signed a new deal. That's, that's never stopped you wanting no, him here before. I, no, he's dead to me now. Really? Yep. Wow, to both of us. Yep. It's gone. I'm, I'm a Will Bruin gone. fan for the record as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, wingers, Savarino from RSL. I feel mm. like I'm picking on RSL a lot, maybe. I don't, but that does seem like a team as well you could pick from. The only yeah. problem picking a team like that is we could be battling them for fifth, sixth spot. Now, yeah. my my first choice for winger, since uh, in case Kamara and Davies obviously is leaving and you know they were famous for the Wakanda dance, why not bring in the real Black Panther and Alba Thurlis? Oh, no way. Yes. Yeah. That's the guy I would break the bank for. Well, yeah, he would be one of your other bumper ones. No, he's, he's, he's on 650 just now. Over, You'd have to go maybe eight, nine to get No, him. no, over all, the entire, all the players that were mentioned and I looked at today, he'd be my number one choice to bring in from uh, somewhere else in MLS. He was also a choice of Glass City, Drayton Van Ayes, yeah. Caleb Wilkins, to, and Peter Hickens. To me, honestly, I know that they, did as a team, did not perform or didn't you know did not make the playoffs or whatever but to me honestly those all three of the front three of Houston could be or should be realistic options oh yeah like Manotis, Manotis Elise yeah. and, and Kyoto I would even throw to- Thomas Martinez they won't cu- they won't be able to get prize them away from Houston I no think. they can I, I guarantee you Houston is cheap the, if you offer them but it's the se- heat and stuff as no well. but listen if you <laughs> offer them 750 in Tam or something and then you say if we sell them off you guys get 50% of the fees or then we they will go Brett for that Shea and we do a bumper trade where because we get Albert Elise and Manitas Manotas. for Man- I like Manotas <laughs> for uh, a- Albert Ellis and Manitas <laughs> Breck Shea and Eric Cataro no that's yeah. both the same age yep Importantly enough, <laughs> experience. What about Houston. how come Juarez was in minutes there? About Elise, I'm done. Uh, Elise is my guy. Nobody else. You know, Juarez would be an interesting person to put up for a Hispanic market in the states. As actually, as yes, he plays in for Mexico, yeah. which means he has no, he has more notoriety in Texas than he ever will in all of Canada because of the like because of you know the ties that that part of the country has. That's actually has. a very good point. Juarez from Mark Anthony K, one for one. I wonder. Yeah, you could. You could. Are we having? Are we having Steve committed? 
Is there like a place up here at the university we could drop him off? At Nobody's for, trading for evaluation. For, Nobody's trading for Juarez. But you know, this, at all, this, throw him and some money for one of the, those front three. You know, this kind of conversation. I would trade him for a b- bag of balls, <laughs> and not the balls <laughs> for the queen. Just any balls. This kind of conversation happens in my head all the time when I'm playing football manager for too long, and I'm looking through too many players. I'm like, oh, I can get Cristiano Ronaldo for one million what, over twelve what, years. Or something. Juarez is the one where you actually like in like I, I don't play football manager, but you play FIFA, where they say, uh, oh, th- you, this is not doable, and yeah. then you override it. That's that's a Juarez <laughs> trade right there. You have to basically override the trade. Um, for wingers, I had Lama for um, for um, Dallas, just a really pacey good MLS option. See, I did think Dallas was a team that might, after blowing it again, that might think, right, we just need to concentrate on our young guys and get rid of some of the other guys new and bring coach. new faces in. Yeah, because Pereira looks like he's going down to Mexico. Yeah, um, Akindele on the bench, only five stars. I yeah, don't mind him. I Steve mentioned him too. Um, one guy I like is Ethan Finley from Minnesota. He didn't obviously he had a big injury. Oh yeah, uh, but, but he they, maybe Minnesota might be wary of him, and they might want to give him. He's a good a, one. He's a key piece, and they're opening the new stadium. I don't see him. Anthony, I, I think Jackson he's. I think he'd be more than because uh, Quint Quintero is the key piece. I think for for you is that two players? <laughs> yeah, Anthony Jackson and Jackson Hamel. I think we have two a, for one deal. I think we have a decent Anthony Jackson ML type, a younger version of Theo Bear. I don't think we need to trade for Anthony Jackson. Anthony, Anthony Jackson, uh, Anthony Jackson Hamel is more of a central kind of player. Going to throw out two more names. Well, that's what they want Theo Bear to be. But yeah, but that's not what he's been playing, right? No, he has. He's been playing middle and out. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Now. This would be expensive, and I think if we're going to do a bumper trade, I don't think he would be my guy that would do the bumper trade for. Zhao Plata, cap killer. Mm. Take the guy that kills you. He, like defi- Perez. he definitely is that. Going, to you, even the, even we, back to Voyager's Cup days. We're going to have to adjust the seat. urinals in the locker room. They're going to have to lower them or something like that. 48 goals and 48 assists in his MLS career. In how many games? Eight seasons, 194 appearances. How much is salary? Yeah. Six eighty three, which I thought I didn't think it was going to be as high as that. I've got to say, but I would I would take a lease over him. But would you also oh, yeah, would, yeah. You, would then you evaluate his exit from Toronto because that was not um, mm. that was not done in uh, ways. Lots of folk have left Toronto in bad ways. Look at Nick Sulzmer left Toronto in bad ways. Scored fourteen goals at the weekend. <laughs> I Let's al- get I, Nick Sulzmer. I always leave Toronto in a bad mood, so it's not really. So I, so I, I sorry, I bring that up in people's. Uh, the last, let's say, the last five years, people have viewed the ways players have exited the Whitecaps and say, "I don't want players who would do that kind of thing." Yeah, you'd have to. Well, look at Kai Kamara, who has left under clouds in some places, but his uh, different kinds he, of clouds. Yeah, his yeah. was different. Yeah. yeah, and Plata is last season was having a rough time with uh, with the management in RSL as well, so it could be a reoccurring yeah. thing. I saw some. Uh, the only uh, only one tweet I did see actually, because I didn't look at all the tweets about this, but the one tweet I did saw, someone mentioned Lee Nguyen. Yeah, and I thought that that's never going to happen. No, and not, not not even just because LA would, might want to keep him. It's just not going to happen. Still looking for that TV. <laughs> <laughs> the one what the one player that Mark DeSantis did mention last week. We'll talk about him. Latif Blessing, Ghanaian. Oh, like and, your and, and, and the thing is, he mentioned him because he was just describing a type of player he yes. would like. And he, he said, he "I can mention him because he was one of mine." Yeah, twenty-one, two seasons in MLS. First with SKC, last year with LAFC. Last year with LAFC, 30 appearances, but only 18 starts. 
So he was used as a sub, but he got five goals and six assists. That, to me, would be a good signing. They're not going to let him go. Yeah, I don't think they're going to let him go. He, to me, he seems like a cross between Kakuta Mane and um, a Ghanaian guy, Mohawk. Gershon Kofi. No. Oh, Dominic Aduro. Yeah, Dominic Aduro. He's only on just over 84,000. Oh, yeah, Dominic Aduro. Yeah, he seems a cross between those where he's got pace. He has this asset that is always going to be significant and important in football. He's, you know, Dominic Aduro, I think his finishing let him down, has, you know, let him down over the years. Um, so I think Latif is somewhere in between. So he yeah. could be more on the higher end finishing end of what I think Kakuta kind of was at I, his height. I know but we're saying, oh, LA will never let him go. If we're offering stuff like Gam and Tam, that's oh, yeah, the kind of club that needs yeah, that's true. to you got get a point. Gam and Tam Very good point, for what yeah. they want to do. And he would be a guy that... He's a guy that's a luxury for them because yeah. he's off the bench. He's, he's, yes. Yeah, he's not that's a starter. A yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of guy. Any other suggestions you've got before I quickly go through the list of some other names that were thrown Well, out? I think the glaring um, omission here is a striker, like someone who can really put the yeah. goals away, and I don't think we can look in the MLS for that. No, I think no, that's, that's going to be the DP. Yeah. Some of the other names that were suggested were Miguel Ibarra, uh, David Akam, Kevin Molino, Jizzy Zardes... Ola Kamara. Ola Kamara obviously was a little bit out of favour, but his Latin's going to go. Is um, he the... Yeah, yeah, Darwin Quintero was suggested as well. You you guys said this a while ago, about oh yeah, his Latin's gone for sure. Well, is, I just saw a report that someone in Italy wanted him. Right, someone in Italy wanted yeah. him. The thing is though, which I, and I don't know how much this weighs into everything, one of the reasons why the Galaxy are paying him $1.5 million on TAM money is because he has a deal with Samsung to promote the Galaxy phone, which is t- obviously tied in with him being at the Galaxy. Now, maybe that's not an exclusive kind of thing, but one of the reasons why he has such a cheap salary is because he's making so much money off other things. Well, let, let's sit down with Sam and talk to him. <laughs> See what Samsung says. <laughs> so so, I don't, so I, yeah. I don't know if he's leaving that easily. Yeah. Whether by well, choice if he or didn't, by Ola Kamara is definitely. I mean, I would have loved the Kamara Kamara double partnership. Kamara Kamara up front, Opara Opara at the back. <laughs> That's like a dream, nightmare for commentators, but a dream. No, it's easy. Then you can't get it wrong. You just say, "Oh, it's the oh, back Opara." Yeah. No, then the you front just Kamara. Use the first names. Get both Baudissimo brothers in. <laughs> like I personally, Kaden Chung and Logan Chung, bring them in. I think the, the significant starters that are going to come in next year for this team, the new ones especially, are going to be just one name players. If you get catch by drift, the, they will oh, be yeah. Brazilians yeah. basically. Yeah. The, the, the one player, really? that, the one player that you mentioned there, who again also is someone who did not settle well this year, is, is David Akam, who does have crazy, yeah. also have crazy pace. Yeah. But yeah. So, how like realistically, how much trade movement do you see happening? Davis money gives us an additional seven fifteen gam on top of what we've got. I have estimated about two to three players out, and I think about two to three players in. And I don't think it's going to be. I think the on two three players, yeah, yeah, on trades. The problem is we I don't think have two, tons of tradable assets. No, no. I think unless we pick up some options on on the knowledge of trading them. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I think the players that, and the thing. I don't think it's going to be like a player A X for player Y. I think it's player X goes to another team, and then we use some assets to get that other player yeah. from a different team. I, one prediction that I will put out there, and we can reevaluate this at the start of the season, we will see a trade with LAFC. Because yeah. of the yeah. Santos. Some, some trade. There's going to be something so, there. This feels like Joe playing the, the pregame show, where he's like, okay, we're going to make three <laughs> predictions, and this is my safe one. 
is that <laughs> that that uh, MDS will take someone from his former team. I think team. that is it. And then yeah. Johnny Russell is my out yeah. there one. Yeah, the safe prediction is Washington. I, I feel if I mention to Mark enough about Johnny Russell, he's just going to cave and go. I, every every time he speak to me, mentions Johnny Russell, I'm just going to sign him. Well, I'm going to start mentioning Elise then. You do that. <laughs> and Ellis. What car are you going to lease? <laughs> <laughs> Would you trade Kendall Waston to another team just so he's not our problem anymore? No. Oh, you mean just trade him yeah. and get assets well, and then yeah. let them sell them? Depends what you it's get like, back. Hey, it, okay, if it was. We'll, we'll take Albert Ellis. Like the Alan Rochette Roche trade? Yeah. Okay, uh, let me put a few out here. Luke Mul- Mulholland for Kendall Waston, yes or no? No. Yes. If Waston's no, going to leave, not I'll ch- take not, not a chance. Take a chance. There's no song. Would you still make that trade? <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. That's the important question there, Steve. No, here's the thing with, with, with Kendall. I think they are they have entertained offers in the past, and they're going to entertain offers now to sell him abroad. Where they can make uh, they can make uh, money for the for themselves yeah. as owners and for the club. And How they, about and they'll add more gam if it's uh, yep. it's over like a million, a million mm, and a yeah. half or something like yeah. that. Or How about if he's wanting to go to China? We trade with a Chinese club and get one of their foreign the superstars. Ch- There's the a lot Chinese of Brazilians. Club. The Chinese, the Chinese club. club. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of Brazilians over there. That is a possibility. Yeah. Could definitely see that happening. Um, one thing I want to just quickly mention. It's funny. I thought I found it funny when I was going through the top goals. I just was going through the top goal scorers of 2018. In between 51 and 100, there was a guy named Jonathan McDonald, and it is the same Jonathan. He's playing in Costa Rican league, and he scored How like. How old is he now? I think he's like 29, 30. Oh, really? So young for a white cup, I guess. Um, so, but, but <laughs> when you're older than yeah. uh, <laughs> I still I still say trade with BCT Rovers Tigers United get Nick Sulzman <laughs> in a little bit of MLS experience well didn't he score 14 you said 14 <laughs> this week was that how many matches was that one game one game <laughs> they won 17-1 against Campo Atletico yeah, oh, oh that was okay I saw your yes uh, yeah I saw your sack uh Sack yes. junk Yeah, hurry up and say, don't just say sack and take a pause. Just yeah. <laughs> saw your sack. And just finish it off there. I, I think that game in particular is a good reason why when you've given up 17 goals, you don't stick with three at the back, which is what they did. And they were getting ripped apart. But yeah, he had a hat trick in 12 minutes and then the goals just kept coming. Joe, do you want to play for for Campo? We we know we know the people. Can't be any. They're looking for players. Man. I, two of my very good friends used to play for Campo. Not in this promotion. When after they got promoted, oh. er, yeah. Early early this year, we were trying to negotiate a, a deal to get uh, Chris Harrop to maybe be one of their keepers because obviously there's a need. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to play two in a game, but it would maybe help. <laughs> so here's how the next few weeks shape up to for this building this new empire. November twenty sixth option exercise. Deadline day. December 9th is the half-day trade window. December 11th is the MLS expansion draft and free agency begins. December 12th is the pointless MLS waiver draft. (laughs) Then December 14th and 20th, equally pointless, re-entry draft stages 1 and 2. I don't think we'll be super busy, but... I think we'll pick pass. Mm. He's a good player, actually, pass, (laughs) yeah. Um, I think we will, like, people will say, like, we, we talked about Juarez a couple times about you being bought out. I don't think he's going to be bought out right away uh, because I think they, uh, for the expansion draft, they need players yeah. uh, to be, be available yeah. for our teams. So they will not, like, buy out everybody right away. I still away. think they'll lose Spencer Ritchie. Yeah, I think they might trade him to Cincinnati, get some assets, and say, you don't pick anybody yeah. from us or pick Juarez. <laughs> Here, you can have two for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, one thing we don't have is a first-round draft pick because we traded it away to New England for Kai Kamara. I know the draft was a bust this year, but if Kamara doesn't come back, was that worth giving that asset up? When you've had one good year from Kamara, but we didn't make the playoffs... And there are some good guys in the draft. For what you might think of it, you do get some good players. But when you consider what you, you – I know you didn't make the playoffs, but you got the highest score on your team and I think the second or third highest score you've ever had in the league. Yeah, but it still counts for nothing if you don't make the playoffs. 14 league goals and he had at least one in the Voyagers' yes, Cup. Yes, yeah, so It was I, his second best ever MLS season. I know, I know uh, like I, I, I kind of like the draft because I like to actually draft some other leagues more because it's just enjoyable. For, I, I've always liked them, but MLS draft is not that great. Um, and for a team that doesn't do any scouting until um, the combine, basically, <laughs> and then takes the word of other people that are scout the players – I, I, you can't until they establish a scouting staff. There's no point of really the draft for yeah, them. Yeah, it's very scattergun approach. Though. Yeah, the MLS draft is the Alibaba of of drafts. Mm. <laughs> You're just looking for bargains. Um, it was interesting to hear MDS though say, "I'm looking forward to going to the combine for the first time as a head coach yes. and taking that all in and being able I mean, to." There might be a guy that they see and they do then make a move for because oh, you never know. You could buy a draft pick for like oh, fifty thousand. Yeah. It's it's not that much. Unless to you buy want one. a really high one, then yeah. it, it would be a, a hundred thousand. Then yeah, give Effie Juarez to someone for a draft pick. But this is where this is where they're expe- honestly this is where yeah. they're expecting MDS to excel, right? To get to get more than than what something's worth. So we'll see what happens with all that. I'm sure there's going to be a busy few weeks coming up. We're going to say goodbye to Joe Deasy now. Thank you for joining us this week, Joe. We love you, Joe. It's been a pleasure as always. Where can they find you online? Uh, what's my Twitter handle there? <laughs> At uh, Joe DC Van. You keep changing it. It's hard to... Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like your cheesiness, but it's going. Yeah, yeah. No cheese for D's It's anymore. just trying yeah. to stay ahead of the... Um, Authority, to keep exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as as someone who's immigrated to Canada, you need to change your handle every every <laughs> few few months. Well, we're going to be back talking about people that aren't immigrants but are actually Canadians in the next part, and we'll be back with that after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I've always been confused by that. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. He could do way worse. Get in the bath and terrorize <laughs> naked women. I don't know. It's like it's, that's what spiders do. Point. At least to my wife, anyway. You're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, one hundred one point nine FM. Stan Lee died this week. Ninety-five. Not a bad run. So my wife made a little post because we were doing, uh, we were planning to do this anyway. We were playing a bunch of Marvel games with our kids. 
Um, like Marvel Munchkin and a few other things. Anyways, Marvel uh, Legendary. Have you played that? No, I haven't. That's really good. It's oh. worth getting. We've, we've got that and expansion packs. I'll have to look really fun. Up. Strip Marvel. You played that? No, no. not so much. Um, but as we, were, so my wife made a little post about it or whatever on social media, and uh, Eric Vermeers, Vermeers, uh, white cap supporter from Bellingham, was part of her collective messenger and said, supposedly he's pre he pre shot a bunch of cameos. Yes. for films. It's about. Oh. Two to three movies still left. Yeah, but oh, on, but on top of that, they've done some like whatever crazy stuff they do now with technology. Digital, yeah, yeah. They're gonna three D hologram. Yeah, them probably some so they they can put them in a bunch of things because they've taken motion capture of him. And or they whatever. can all the wow. stuff, all the audio he's made in the yep. past. They can all piece it together and make him actually do a full like monologue or yep. not monologue, but yeah. like a line. Because all yeah. he did was lines, anyways. We'll come. Yeah. But it was sad to see him. It was go. sad. Like for me, um, I know people. A lot of people don't like comics. They they, uh, they don't think it's like a lower end kind of. But for me, like as a lonely kid um, growing up, like the, he was the like Marvel was the thing I got into first, and I it got me reading and everything, and it was like a fantastic way to get it. And there, I know I know a lot of people at Marvel DC and everything. The fight between them, but Marvel had a lot of complex characters like Spider Man. Peter Parker was not a normal kid. He was yeah. like a man. He had a lot of problems. And X Men was about race. Um, uh, the, you know, you Malcolm X and as Magneto and Charles I, Xavier as as uh, Martin Luther King. So I like, like I like comic book films. I've never been a big fan of those kind of comic books. I like more horror, comic yeah, yeah, yeah. Books or comedy. But I always preferred Marvel to DC. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they were complex. They were, yeah. uh, but uh, obviously DC got more complex as they, they yeah. kind of followed their. I, I did not like a lot of the early Marvel movies. Like yeah. I didn't just the early Spider Man. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. not enjoy mm-hmm. them. But then now that I have kids. My my son like just loves them, so we started to watch them more. And now one of the great things is Steve, just like you're talking about learning to read, yeah. is it's helping my son read better. So one of the things he he wants yeah. to read, right? And so yeah, we've enjoyed entering, I, I, entering the Mar- Marvel universe. For me, together. almost there was never a movie that was bad for me. I know a lot of people like the, were so critical of some movies, but for me, reading all that stuff when yeah. I was a kid and then seeing them up on the screen just takes me back to being a kid again, and that's totally. why I enjoyed so much. Well, of course, the White Caps we had our own superhero. Last season, Alfonso Davies. Yeah. He's moved on now, so the Whitecaps universe is looking for a new superhero to don the cape and see what they can do. Mar DeSantis and other folk within the club, they've talked about building our future around the academy. Now, we've heard that a lot for eight years, and it's never really happened. We won't go into all the ins and outs of why in this episode. It genuinely, maybe I've just bought the Kool-Aid which is appropriate because today is the anniversary of the Jonestown Massacre. But it feels like... to bring everything together. Yeah, just bring everything together. It it does feel like it could be different this time around. You mean... Uh, In that we are going to have this bridge and we're going to get Academy guys getting more minutes and seeing first-team action. The proof will be in the pudding. In the positions they actually play. Yeah. (laughs) So I've got to throw that in there. Does it feel different to you or am I just being too optimistic here? Well, the thing is, because uh, they've said this stuff in the uh, press conferences r- regularly, that it has to happen at this point. Yeah. They, right. they have to sink or swim with a certain... And they're not going to be playing these guys for 90 minutes for five straight games or something like that. They're going to be spotting them in, like you said, on the bench. Bring them in, see what they can do uh, in tight situations or in situations that are w- wide open. I like your optimis- optimism, Michael. And yeah, obviously, I think we all hope that that plays out that way. But the... 
like the Vancouver Whitecaps as an organization have been saying this for like more than a decade. Yeah. And it hasn't really ever, it hasn't ever really been true. A few hints of it here and there, but it hasn't really been true. So the proof will be in the, in their actions. And and the other thing is, is we talk, obviously we talked about the last two parts about bringing players in, right? Now, Bobby Leonard usually likes to compare, say that, you know, the Red Bulls are, look at the where they are and they're developed players. Look at where the sporting is and they develop. The thing is, is those two teams also bring in quality players from abroad yes, that can play with the young players and, and, and raise them up and make them better players and not just scrubs that, I'm not, sorry, sure. the current Whitecaps players, uh, but like lesser players, but. Lesser players who don't aren't able to do that don't have that capability. They're good players on their own, but they aren't, aren't able to raise yeah. other players. Which is why play. I've said before, like getting Kamara back to be with Theo Bear. And I asked Kai about that in the end of season press conference, and he's like, "I am not the babysitter." Yeah. Well, yeah, he, but, people need to, but yeah. he doesn't need to be the babysitter. He, he, he's joking. He enjoys I, it. No, but people can learn from the way he. Uh, Acts yeah. in the, uh, yeah. every day and everything. You don't need to actually like babysit the players. The, the, I think one of the differences between Dead Bull New, New Jersey and the Vancouver Whitecaps, Steve, though, is and you said it there, is that they have been willing to spend on transfer fees to bring in a couple of those yeah. significant pieces to make things happen, and that that has not been the case in Vancouver. Like like uh, like uh, is it Tyler Adams, uh, the Adams kid? I think yeah. it's Tyler Adams, right? He's not going to be as good if he doesn't have a Bradley Wright Phillips to pl- pass the ball to or a Daniel Royer to pass the ball to. Mm-hmm. He's if he's if he's spraying the ball and the people up there aren't aren't able to do anything with it, that, that's not going to make him look better. Yeah, I mean they made one significant addition this offseason, and obviously he's a young player who they're trying to work in. But they paid I think like six million for him. Kaku is it Kaku? Mm-hmm. Is that the right name? Yeah. Yeah, so you don't see Vancouver doing that. No, no, not at this point. Right now, we have nine Canadians on the roster. Theo Bear, Michael Berdissimo, Simon Coline, Marcel de Jong, Daniel Henry, Brett Levi, Sean Melvin, David Norman, and young Russell Tiber. All in alphabetical order. Yeah. I like that. We really... That's kind of enough for me, nine Canadians, I think. Well, I don't... You can never have enough Canadians. I think you can. I, I think I think there will be... like I think the bottom 10, because they're not on the senior roster, should yeah. be mostly Canadian. That That's number one. Yeah. Well, well, that's... The, I, I got a well, couple... you have Henry in there. Though, I got a couple more if you want, if you want to add him in. I think uh, Hassel, Thomas Hassel. Thomas Hassel, yeah. Could be, could be signed yeah. as a third keeper. I think you can... Uh, we talk about Habibula. Um, could mm-hmm. be a guy that brought in at the bottom of the roster just so you know you signed him at 15. So he could be, a, when he's 18, yeah, so you'll sell him off. Yeah, so many clubs are going for these 15-year-old signings now. It's like the trendy thing to do. The, the, well, the, that's where you want to build your bottom part of your roster. Yeah, yeah, I do feel a lot of it, though, is just for show with the, other clubs. The problem is, Michael, not that there are nine of them on the roster. It's the contributions holistically well, yes. of the nine. I mean, De Jong and Levi's between them made up one person for well, the position, position pretty much yeah. so at least you've got that and Daniel Henry was in and out of the team and Tiber was the same thing at yeah. the beginning of this half the first half of the season you couldn't get on at all Brett Levi's finished the season as a starter which very happy for Brett we've known him so long we've watched him for so long when he started playing PDL for Victoria was when I first saw him then he came and played PDL for, for the Whitecaps and he came through the college system in Canada and two years ago he made his MLS debut against Portland in the last game of the season. Fast forward two years, been a lot of ups and downs, injuries, there's been some heartache for him, but he finished the season as a starter in MLS against Portland. That's a nice little journey. So I got a chance to sit down with Brett at the end of the season to chat about that, what the future may hold in store for him. Had to talk about the, the cramping issues he's had as well. 
So let's hear from Brett just now. So I just really want to talk to you, Brett, about the season you had and just kind of your journey over the last two years because I was just thinking after the game on Sunday, you made your debut against Portland. You came on and got a few minutes. I know you picked up an injury, but then two years later, you finished the season against Portland and you finished it as the starter in the team. Yeah. When you look back at these two years, I know there's been a lot up and down, there's been some injuries and stuff, but how, how do you feel you've grown as a player in those two years? I think a, a tremendous amount. Um, when I went through the, the process of, of rehabbing the knee, um, I thought that year... At the end of that year, I said to myself, that was probably the, one of the toughest years I've had to go through, just, just very mentally taxing. Um, but I would almost say that, you know, after this year, that, that this year was, was, was even more difficult because for for majority of the year, I was healthy. I, I had a minor injury in, in preseason and more so training every single day at, at my my maximum capacity, you know, putting everything on the field, playing some games, not playing other games, um, things that were are completely out of my hands um, other than than what I put out on the field but to, to be able to earn that spot and, and and play the last few games of the year and get you know in what I consider my first year to get almost 15 15 games um, I, I think it's positive and, uh, and I'm super excited for next year uh, I look forward to it and, and I'm, I'm going to be you know hungry and, and fit and ready you always hope to be a starter obviously but you know you've got a Canadian international that's ahead of you and like Marcel had done well when he had been in, did you think you were going to be by the end of like in your wildest dreams or just your hopes? Did you feel that by the end of the season you could claim that starting spot? I believe that I would, you know, I again whatever uh, is in my hands so that I know that that's what I can control, and I can't uh, put out a starting eleven. Um, I, I can't. Uh, I can only you know perform at, at my best ability in training every day in games that I do get in. Um, and I hope and hope that the the coach sees that. And at the end of the day, it's it's his decision who he plays. And I do think, for the most part, performance speaks on that. Um, I have a ton of ton of respect for Marcel. I, I I watched him play as I grew up. He's a Canadian international, and, and he's a great guy off the field. Um, so I, I think we have a a great relationship, even though we are both fighting for the same spot. Um, but I think that 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 also is is very important. I'll talk about I guess the two elephants in the room. First one, the goals given up this year. You look at the the players individually, you're all really top defenders. I mean, so many questions were asked over this season. What happened? What went wrong? And no one ever really knew what it was. Today, a lot of the players were kind of speaking about it was maybe there'd been a lot of chopping and changing, especially with centre-backs and having that core partnership. What do you put it all down to? It was, it was just horrendous at times. And it, was, it wasn't one person. It, was just, it seemed to be across the board. Yeah, I don't think you can put it down to one thing. I think it's it's a number of factors, whether they're on field or off field. I think it, it there wasn't a, a ton of consistency throughout the year, um, like like you've seen, like the the fans have seen. It's it's not something that's a secret. There there was you know a number of uh, players on international duty. Other players had to get swapped in, and then you know regardless of how they played, a lot of times you know international guys would come back, and they would get swapped back, and then one or two bad games, somebody would be out, somebody would be in, which is completely part of the sport and. Um, I think some games we handled it well, and other games we didn't handle it very well. I, I also think that you know, Rusty mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago that we we play a bit of a dangerous game where, where we like to be a very attack-minded, and um, 
I think you leave yourself liable to, to goals in, on the on the other end, and I think that's something that hopefully we'll, we'll look to, to fix um, next year, but who, who knows? Um, yeah, Stefan mentioned that today as well. He hopes next season, if he's back, that the focus is more on the defence. And he feels that in MLS, defence is very underrated. Folk are always adding attacking players and midfielders, and they want the goals, they want the excitement. As a defender, do you feel that way? To a certain extent, um, I also, you know, like to look at it the, the other way and say, well, you know, how many games uh, did we play where if we were to have got that second goal or that third goal, we wouldn't have even had to put ourselves in a situation where we would leave ourselves yeah. liable defensively. You know, a lot of these games were uh, really close games where maybe we're pushing for a goal, they end up scoring one, you know, we're pushing again, they end up scoring another one, all of a sudden we can see the three goals, but if you look at the game, you know, uh, it was 1-1 to the 70th minute or whatever the case is, you know, we're liable because... We're pushing so many numbers forward. It wasn't because, and at the end of the day, if you have five players running at four players, they have the better odds, right? Um, so, you know, you can bring it down to, you know, as simple as that. But uh, I do think that there there can be a, a bigger and better emphasis on the defense. Um, and, and again, I, I'm, I, I am a defender, and I, I truly believe that the defenders get criticized, you know, pro- probably the most uh, in this league and in, in any league. Um, so anytime uh, a goal is scored or, um, anytime you know, it's it, generally it's not all eleven players in the field. It's it's the back four or the back three, whoever whoever's in that area, sort of thing. But again, if you if you score more goals than the other team, yeah. no nobody's going to speak on the defense, right? The other thing I've got to ask you about is, is the cramping. Obviously, it's been an issue this year. We spoke to Robo about it, and he said it was a big worry to him because you, he didn't know when to do the substance stuff. I know you've worked hard on it, and your girlfriend's a nutritionist or something, is that yes, right? Yeah. Dietitian. Um, have you found a solution for it or is that something you're going to work on now in this off season to see just what's behind that yeah I think I'm, I'm going to continue to work at it I think it's an ongoing process um, there are a number of different theories thrown out there um, one of them is, is I run uh, what they call a toe runner I run on my on my toes so my calves are, are constantly um, but I, at this in the, in the same context I've I've had that my whole life you know I haven't yeah. changed the way I've run but I, I can't not think that there's a bit of a correlation between the the surgery and the, and the cramping um a lot of times it comes yeah. um, majority of the time it comes on my right calf which is you know right knee was the was the surgery knee and i i had cramping growing up a little bit but never to the extent of, of how bad it was this year i do think it's also uh comfortability of, of of in that game setting you know i played five minutes prior to to the knee you know i played five yeah. minutes of mls play you know the first few games you're nervous the crowd you know getting um, getting more used to at the atmosphere, and you saw towards the end of the year, you know, ninety minutes away in LA, ninety minutes at home. Yeah, last two games you went. Um, yeah, and and few games where I was, you know, a couple minutes off, sort of thing. Where depending on the tempo of the game, but you know, the, the more I adapt, the more I, um, I try not to think about it. But uh, you know, in the same context, uh, you believe me and, and anybody else who, who knows me will speak on it that I have done absolutely everything in my power to to try and nip it in the butt. You look at the end of the season. Two points away from the sixth place, one win, really. And it's easy to pinpoint games, or you could have won that, you could have got a point here, here, and here. But th- does that just add to the frustration that you were so close in the end? A little bit. Um, I also think uh, that it shows that we didn't throw the towel in, you know, even though, yeah. you know, we were, we needed to overcome a 14 goal difference, or, you know, all these factors were. Um, we still went out and we put out a performance. We go, you know, away to LAFC, who I think is one of the best teams in the league. Um, get a two-two draw when you know we're down two nothing after ten minutes. We could have we could have crumbled. Most teams would have crumbled. Um, we fight back. We Portland, who's, who's a great team at home, 
um, you know, we, we get a good result. We, we go away to Toronto, we win. Um, a number of things where I show that the team showed a lot of character and a lot of grit to, to get those results. And like you said, you know, there's there's so many games even on the top of my head that I can list that, you know, teams score in the last minute to get a draw. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, missed a chance in the, in the dying minutes and they scored or, um, but, you know, there's no point in dwelling on it now. Um, I thought we ended the, the, the year on a high. Um, and at the end of the day, I think that's all that really matters. Hopefully the fans uh, continue to support us because, you know, it's our job and, and we play for them. Just the last thing, after the Toronto game, you flew back to Saskatchewan to do the presentations at the Nationals. Seeing the crowds out there and knowing that the CPL's come in and Saskatchewan doesn't have a team yet, what's your hopes for the future of the game in Saskatchewan? I know that it's been growing um, every time I go back and, and every time I speak to people from back home, it's been growing exponentially in the last couple of years. And I think um, that the CPL is, is, is a, an awesome stepping stone um, because, again, I always speak about when I was growing up, you know, I didn't really have that, that you know, I hit you know, the university, I played three, four years there, and then I kind of hit this roadblock where, you know, if I want to, do I have to either, you know, quit playing soccer and pursue school and, and a career or do I know what do I do now I eventually had to move out west and go go you know a bit of an unconventional route but the CPL is another stepping stone especially now that they're announcing that through the CIS you can get drafted and you can you can also keep eligibility and there's a number of different things and hopefully the more the CPL gets linked with you know CONCACAF and and the MLS I think you know it's just going to continue to build the the hype around around soccer and you know the biggest thing I think is um, it, it has to survive the first few years, and, and I think that's going to be the most difficult part. But I think if it does, it, I think it can be successful. Great. Thanks so much for your time, yeah, and looking you. forward to seeing you next year, Brett. Thank you. Cheers, man. Brett Levi's there. It, it's been great to see him finish this season as a starter. Yeah. It felt like such an important year for him. It was great to see him go 90 minutes in yes. that final game too. I mean, yes, yeah, as, as he <laughs> talked about, he's managed to, to go the last couple of games with going the 90 minutes. It's something that they are going to continue to work on in the off-season and hopefully somehow get to the bottom of it, but obviously easier said than done. I think he, maybe he just needs to get, like, because that was a horrific knee injury he had suffered. Uh, maybe he just needs well, to get stronger yeah, in that area. So that, yeah. A lot of the time when you're coming back from that, it just leads to these other, other things. Because other yeah, yeah. so. you're overcompensating. Yeah, so good good luck to him. It's hard to know, as we talked about, where the next round of Canadian talent might come from. Thomas Hassel does seem like a good guy. Jose Hernandez and top of yeah. the other guys. Yeah, that one, yeah. Three Whitecaps players, though, started today. For Canada against both St. Kitts and Nevis, so yeah. they're going to be tired. We got six points. Should we got yeah. six points? And three former Whitecaps were on the bench for the game. Yes, narrow one 0 win. At least on paper, it seemed narrow. From f- reading some tweets, it seemed a commanding performance. I didn't see it. I saw you, bits of it while I was doing other stuff. I was preparing for the show and everything. Otherwise, I, it wasn't for the show. I would have watched the whole game. I I had it on. You're turning me on Canadian. <laughs> I had it on, but was also multitasking a bit. It was. Uh, no one cares about this Nations League. No, no. <laughs> it's when it's on. If it's not on like big screen TV, it's no, hard to. It's, if like, it's not on uh, TV. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to get like a laptop, and then I would be paying more attention to it if it was TV. Yeah. It, so I had it next to the. I'm TV, an old where, generation. Which was guy. Being used. So <laughs> it was. Uh, 
commanding. I don't know if it's called commanding. They, they did not. The closing minutes seemed from they, it seemed like, like they were going for a second third goal. seemed yeah. to be running riot from the tweets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, no, yeah, he he had a great he had a nice chance that he created for himself at the end, but he or near the end. And he hit a bar too somewhere. Some somebody hit a bar. Yeah, there was some. Well, we should say the three Canadians were Tybert, Henry, and and Fonzie. Yeah, right. Um, it, one of the things, uh, well, the possession. I was, was surprised at how they didn't covet possession very much. I was, that was not super exciting. St. Kitts are really strong at home. I think yep. that was their first game they've lost in like 10 games or something. Atiba like. Harris, it looked like Atiba Harris was playing center back, which is what he's been playing for OKC uh, to help them with size and strength. And, and I think another Atiba, Hutchison got the only goal of the game a minute before half time. Set up by Russell, yeah. It was a really, it was a good cross from Russell, yeah. but it was extremely uncontested. Yeah, yeah, very much Like so. he had all time, all kinds of time to decide what he wanted to do. A- any worry that it was just a 1-0 win for you? Nope. Because uh, you got a lot of teams, uh, like we said, like the first two games were um, massive scoring. Like there were massive like gaps between the two teams that were playing each other in almost every uh, game that was played. Yeah. Um, in it's all the games today, the biggest gap was three goals, and it didn't. Inv- any of those games did not involve any of the top teams. Um, so I think Canada is in second spot uh, behind Haiti uh, uh, because of goal differential, yeah. obviously. Um, Essentially, if they draw against, uh, uh, I think it's French Guiana in March, yeah, it'd be more, they, yeah. they they're through. They're essentially through. yeah. They, like they should be good to be in the the Gold Cup, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So and the top six. Yeah, uh, for yeah the, 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 for the top the... six is what makes the Gold Cup. And no, yeah, no, they are, they are, I think the, top nine. Top six makes the Gold Cup. Okay. And just now, those top six are Haiti, Canada, Cuba, Jamaica, Curacao, and Bermuda. Jamaica mm, went off her own accord. Uh, Curacao, I don't think has played their third game yet. I think they're playing tomorrow. the next couple of games. I think yeah. it might be tomorrow. Uh, the, the one thing that was like exci- exciting for but, me in this oh, game sorry. was, or like the overall, it, I wouldn't call it commanding. Might be too strong a word, but like, and it wasn't to me. It wasn't dominant. But it was comfortable. It, Were they comfortable? Uh, they, at the end, it was a little bit. There was like at the beginning and the end. St. Kitts created a little yeah. bit, or or at least you They're felt going forward. Yeah. yeah, you felt a little bit concerned. But one of the things that I loved about the game was, uh, other than the, I mean, I didn't like Alfonso obviously at left back. It's not ideal, but they're they're doing that because they want to have his attacking uh, threat there. But one of the the crazy thing is the three substitutions made. Yeah, you took off three really quality attacking players. But you brought on three really quality attacking players. Well, you never would, had that before. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy, right? So Cavallini started with uh, Tabla on his left and Junior on his right. Yeah, and they were all replaced for uh, Laren, Miller on the right, and um, Jonathan David on the left. So it was just it was it was a weird it was one of those weird feelings in this kind of this new era of Canadian um, era of Canadian football for the men's national team and Scott Arfield wasn't there either no yeah no, no Scott Arfield oh, yeah. the, 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 oh, that was the one thing the, the midfield comprised so the midfield three comprised of Hutch yeah. Rusty and Piet yeah that was solid. so it was three guys who almost like you could interchange in terms of their holding back and going forward um, the one thing the, one, the last thing I'll say about the game is that Rusty was, from what I saw, Rusty, I mean, I don't like the individual words, but Rusty, you could probably easily give him the man of the match. Yeah, and they got a clean sheet with Daniel Henry as in the yes. back right. When does that happen? And you are so right, obviously the, Kendall Waston is the difference. The top 10 make the Gold Cup, the top 6 go into the Nation, Nations League yeah. 
final. Um. So and also, uh, obviously, Kendall Watson will mention him quickly. The, he got two oh. goals against uh, Chile. Um. I think it was three two. Yep. So he scored the first two two corners. One was a kind of a second chance kind of thing. And the the second one was a near post header. So Very Kendall nice. Watson still running that two goals against when he played yes. in games. It was awesome there. He Ka-ching, kicked three goals. the White Caps. And very quickly, just to round this section off, women's under-17s, 2-0 win against Colombia, 1-0 win against South Korea. 3-0, I thought it was Colombia. It was, it was 3-0, yeah, they got a third. I'll switched off. All three came after the sending off. Uh, Haitama scored a couple. Both winners. She got sent off as well. It was not a sending off. Uh, they, essentially, she went up for a header. She Peter had her. for being tall. One, one arm was being dragged by the, one of the defenders. Um, I, I wouldn't even know who, who it was. And then the, uh, the, the arm was up. Her other arm was up. And the South Korean de- a player ran into her elbow, essentially, because she was trying to head the ball as well. And that's essentially where there, it was a really dodgy. Is there any call. chance it'll get overturned? I, um, they, they might could, not even. They might, they might want to rest her. Uh, they they are they have advanced. They're playing a, a group that anybody can advance. North Korea, U.S., Germany, Cameroon are in that group. So it's kind of the group of death. So um, anybody can advance there. So they they could be playing a tough point either way. Yeah. And why not rest in the last group game? Yeah, which and why not their toughest game by yeah. far? Yeah, and why not rest their, her there, and then they can, she can be rested for the next round. So we'll keep an eye on that bring you that next week and we'll be back with more chat after this I'm David Edgar and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show Does nobody love the Hulk? I loved the TV show when I was a little boy growing up. Oh, that was Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, that was I love. It. I enjoyed the cartoon. Of course, like I said, I'm a Marvel guy, so I loved the cartoon, even though it was horrible. It was just like pictures of uh, the Hulk from the comic book, and he was just moving his mouth in or whatever. I, I don't want to assume who is the person on the far left as I'm looking on your shirt. This one, yeah, that's Wasp. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, the mask ah, kind of threw me off. Anglo-Saxon. It's original Wasp uh, yeah. mask. Oh, that's cool. He's, so got, was, he's got left to right. He's got Wasp, Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, and Spider Man, and it says Legends Unite. Great for the radio. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a photo. We used to take photos of. Yeah. Yeah. We used to. Yeah. You, that was your job, but you yeah. keep up on it. That was the traits there with nobody loves the Hulk, which bit of speculation that that was the first ever song written about superheroes. My, no, I don't think it's superheroes because I'm sure... Or just Marvel? I'm, I'm 100% Stan sure there's, there's tons of Superman songs. Ah. So I guarantee somebody wrote a Superman song. But it was just a, a, a person who grew up as a fan of the Hulk. I don't remember their name, but they, they wrote this and they gave it. They gave the thing to the traits to record. 1969 that yeah. came out. 
We're going a little bit further forward now to 1995 because it's wavelength time. And we're going to play a, a band which we featured a few times before, Halftime Oranges. And this is from their Rotterdamnation album. And this month, don't know if anyone's noticed, but we're having a, a theme. It's not Soccer Violence Awareness Month, although that's coming up again soon. Amazing how time flies. We've got a theme of songs about footballers. Next week I've got a Norwegian rap, but tonight it's Halftime Oranges with a song about Wimbledon legend and notorious ball grabber, Vinnie Jones. Jones. Billy Barnes, he likes to read Thomas Hardy. Vinnie Jones, they shared a bed with Linda Lasadi. He celebrates by having a drink or two. Drops his pants and gets a new tattoo Skillet, skillet over there What's it like to have more hair? Then gas up, shed a tear when it passed him by Vinnie grabbed him by the balls and made him cry He celebrates by having a drink or two Drops his pants and gets a new tattoo Halftime Oranges there with Vinnie Jones. Played that because the lyrics Skinhead, Skinhead over there. Had my head shaved tonight, so I thought that was very apt to, to play that song. I remember Skinhead means something different in England. This means you've got no hair. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's different here. <laughs> <laughs> There's different kinds of skinheads. I've explained that to you before. No, I, th- I feel like we need to just ex- remind people because somebody yeah. might be tuning true, in for the first true. time. There's a really good BBC documentary about the history of skinhead music. And it kind of shows all the different factions of it. So I recommend seeing that. But now, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines, brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, links and a lot more. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. You won't regret it. So, what's been catching those beautiful, beautiful green eyes? It changes colour every week. I know. <laughs> the Hulk. Um, so, uh, let's... Oh, hold on. Oh. oh, okay, let's wait for Michael to sit down there. <laughs> okay. Time to get comfy. Okay. Oh, man, I'm old. <laughs> so, uh, Liverpool's uh, Daniel Sturge is in a bit of trouble. Again? Apparently betting. 
Um, he's been. What's uh, he betting on? Uh, well, <laughs> he's alleged to have break, broken uh, two rules. Uh, first one is betting on matches or any football matter, like you know, not just the matches, but like maybe he's like you know, for example, the pie. Yeah, is the well, keeper the keeper the pie? pie yeah. Yes. Or and he's also been uh, in breach of providing info to another person for purposes of betting. Back in April, Joey Barton, as we talked about, I think at that time, was banned 18 months for 11 years of betting, including games he played in. So they, they that was 18 months. So you got to expect it not to be that bad, but yeah. if he gets proven, yes, I think till November, end of November, to respond to the charges. The the thing is, like years ago, players would bet all the time, and I'd be in the bookmakers before a game, and you'd see that these five players in there and they're. Their suits and everything, getting their bets on, and then going to get ready for the game. It's just that's just what players did. But obviously, with all the international match fixing yeah, allegations exactly. and that's, stuff, that's, it's a lot, lot different. It looks bad when players are doing it openly. Um, next bit of news: uh, uh, obviously, Brexit uh, looks like it's happening. Um, it's getting closer and closer. The English FA plan to limit overseas players due to Brexit. They will look to limit the players uh, to, for each club, both to 12, 12 international players. That's going to be a big problem for the big, bigger teams, essentially. Yeah, I like that, though. Uh, like, I think that uh, I think they were mentioning in the article that Chelsea and Arsenal recently played, and there was only one that started that was English. Yeah. The thing with Brexit, I, I, th- I think that should mean England get kicked out of the Euros. I don't think that's... They were no, still they, on the continent. I know. Although... <laughs> There's a lot of teams that kind of have got kicked out of European competition, I, th- yeah. I believe, this week. Quite a few. Yeah. yeah. How's your man Shaft doing there, Zach? What do you Relegated. Hey. Relegation. Always, you, you love I, relegation. I'm always yeah. interested in your man Shaft. Yeah, thanks. I saw that tweet. I, I chose to ignore it. Um, I, know, I noticed yeah. that. Uh, yeah, they beat Russia mm. for fun, 3-0. And y- young team, young team, different did, looking team. Did you not go down with St. Martin's? You're going down with St. Martins. <laughs> hey. Uh, Scotland will be playing you next year. Yeah, they We're they, promoted. they like to be the first at things. Mm. So f- first in releg- being relegated in this, <laughs> this whatever this is. Well, they, I think it's and, so-, and so they can be the first to be promoted, maybe, or the well, second we, to be promoted, first to be relegated and promoted. promoted. If we beat Israel. Um. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, I think somebody was saying that it's not a, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like the end of the world or something like that. No, they get to play Scotland. Yeah, exactly. No, th- I think I think in Europe, very much the sense is people don't really care, care about, care about this. Is just, this is just uh, they're, oh, try, yes. they're trying. They're trying to glorified friendly. Now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> these are friendlies that they're trying to give meaning to, and so yeah, yeah. This is, uh, uh, the biggest thing for the DFB for for the demandshaft. As, as you like to say, Michael, uh, is I don't like to say that. That's what they keep <laughs> tweeting out. Actually, there's Love a big the man shaft. Actually, there's a big, there's a big, there has been a big kind of. Let's not call the team that. Like, let's anyway. Back to the whole Mizuno. What, what does stuff. it mean? Because someone was asking me about the, it. It just means like the team, like the yeah, the our team, team my team, the, yeah, like the Rock. No. <laughs> Also, it wasn't a good uh, good week for Germany on two other fronts. Canada uh, beat Germany in another sport, rugby qualifications for the, mm. their World Cup. And Sorry, in Germany, no one cares about egg chasing whatsoever. And then um, uh, also, I think the yeah, Cameroon the beat girls. Germany in yes. U17, so that wasn't a great week. Moving on. Next story we got here. Uh, EPL uh, is going to be introducing VAR next season. Mm. Um, it's been approved by the 20 clubs. It's got to be obviously, I guess, approved by the FA. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just waiting for the first error 
And then the commentators and the media there is just going to have a field day with it. Well, remember they did do a, a trial run where it didn't affect the games itself. They just they yeah. pretended like but they were doing it. They also it did it in the FA Cup last year. And there's like the Tottenham game was an absolute disaster. I think if they do it like the World Cup did it, I think it can work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the World Cup, it, world, The World Cup, except for like uh, one or two mistakes, it was it was pretty flawless at that point. They yeah. need to the, let the, the commentators t- know what's, what's going, going on, on because yeah. they were absolutely was, clueless. It was embarrassing. Clues where like the English commentators, they didn't know what oh, was yeah. going on and everything. But the but the they need a reporter embedded with the replay people. Yeah. The world no, the World Cup. It was good. Yeah, it was. It was no, no, no. He, what he's saying is the commentators. Commentators. So the commentators games. The to- the commentators of the World Cup knew what was going on. No, but in the FA Cup last. Oh yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, those gotcha. games. I yeah. the World Cup. No, the World Cup. It was amazing. It was like, it was such a step up from MLS. No, that yeah. I mean that was great. One referee who uh, will not be uh, refing any matches for the next three weeks is David McNamara. He got suspended uh, for playing rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, I thought that was just dreadful. It was a bit of fun. <laughs> it's, it, it, essentially, he forgot his coin in the locker room. Yeah. And instead of uh, going to retrieve their coin and do the proper, he got the players in a women's league match to do rock, paper, scissors. Essentially, uh, the, the Football Association... Ex- Said he accepted a charge of not acting in the best interest of the game. The funniest line was the women's uh, referee manager, Joanna Stimson, uh, told the Times that the McNamara's mistake was a moment of madness. I, guess, I don't know if that's just a term people like using there or it was actually. Yeah. But just, I mean, to leave a coin in the locker room, I don't see any harm in doing that. Well, it lacks a little bit of professionalism. Well, but, yeah. but, but, but if you can't toss yourself off, what would you do? I think it was reasonable in terms of playing rock, paper, scissors. I think that was a reasonable yeah. way to... A bit of fun. I would have laughed about it and get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, could you imagine that it was like a Champions League game? No, that wouldn't happen. I guarantee you that. No, but... No, but... It. No, but... Uh, I don't know. I could see... It's a... If it's a league match it's a in game any of league, It's a game of chance. It Same is. flipping a coin. I, I bet you the girls enjoyed playing it. Um, North... Well, it was a women's match. Why do you think they, they enjoyed the fun? You mean the, I'm playing rock paper scissors? Yeah, okay. they're just regular girls. Um, North American soccer news: a couple of actually involving a couple of former Whitecaps coaches. Uh, yes. Martin Rennie signs a new contract with Indy Eleven. He but was has Philip DeSantos signed a new contract with them? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we was signed. For, no, is the answer. He's coming here. Uh, Happy we, for Martin. We signed. He signed just this past January. Uh, led the team to a seventh spot in the playoffs. Um, it sounds like it's a one-year deal because they didn't mention oh, it's a multi-year deal. The the owner said, "Oh, we're happy to have Martin Rennie back for 2019." Brad um, Rusin and Jim Marcus Davidson must be cock a hoop. Yeah, he broke the team record with five road victories, and he actually tied the record with 11 clean sheets this year. Uh, and they're not ultra clean sheets; they're actual clean sheets. <laughs> um, Cincinnati's Alan Koch, a named coach, coach of the of year, the year. Uh, USL received, coach of the year, uh, received 43 percent of the vote. Uh, is 77 points and 23 victories set both uh, both set USL records for regular seasons and he also led the league in regular season for 72 goals with 72 goals so good uh, congratulations Alan obviously friend of the show this is some Canadian news um, the big one uh, I thought uh, pretty big is Canadian Premier League acquires League One Ontario um, it started with a talk of just affiliation but it, over a year, it turned into an actual purchase. A couple of quotes here from uh, David Clanahan uh, said, one of the key tenets of the CPL is to develop key soccer players. 
We're committing to developing talent, and we think this helps us. Dino Rossi, who's the commissioner of League One and helped bring it along, um, essentially said that uh, bringing League One Ontario under the wing of the Canadian Premier League and serving as the CPL's official development league, which you know some people might take offense to because it's Ontario, is a massive opportunity for our league. Um, some players that came out of there are Kyle Laren, Raheem Edwards. He's been we, mentioned as a possible white cap yeah. acquisition. Raheem Edwards, another we talked mm-hmm. about before. Um, uh, Richie Laria, who's in uh, Orlando, Kwame Oahu uh, in, in uh, New York City FC, and Mark Anthony Kay, who we talked about earlier. Yeah. What do you guys I, think about that acquisition? I think it's a great acquisition. That league has done a lot of good work out in Ontario. And Dino Rossi works so hard yeah, in the game out guy. there. He's like an awesome guy. Yeah. It kind of, far, far down the road, it opens up possible pro rail. Yeah. Way down the line. But you, you have to develop it across. You develop yeah. it across. Uh, and the, the problem in BC, we've tried to have a tier three league like that. And they put it out and they had two teams interested do in, in doing it because there was some stupid conditions that went with it. But the were, were those here, conditions different than League One Ontario, though? Probably not. It's, it was all like you had to play in stadiums with minimum capacities and yeah. stuff like that. The problem here is the Fraser Valley League, the VMSL and the Vancouver Island Soccer League, they've all got their own self-interest, understandably, and a lot of the guys don't want to travel so that if you have a proper BC league, guys from Surrey don't want to be travelling over for a game on the weekend in Victoria. But if you want to ever grow the game, you do need a BC league. You've already got the Quebec league. You need maybe an Alberta, Saskatchewan, stuff like that, and have a proper developmental league, which could possibly lead to pro rail, or at least it would give you a player pool to pick yeah. from, which, of course, the CPL draft has done as well. Which yeah, is we talked story about that next. Um, essentially, uh, right there, we're talking about... Oh, did you want to talk about the... No, I one? just want to say, I think this is a, a, a positive move yeah. for the Canadian Premier League. The one thing is that it's it's talked about this is going to be – League One Ontario is going to be their development league. Yeah. But they haven't clarified what that means. Yes. Yeah. And so – What I would like to like for it to happen, Dino Rossi, I would like his actually uh, role to be expanded where he can help and develop these kind, this kind the of league cross across the country. Yeah. Yes. Maybe do uh, – We should get Dino in the show, actually. We should they, – maybe they could do a Prairies – Developmental league, do a BC one, Quebec, and Maritime. So you have oh, four different league developments. So I've heard him speak a little bit about this already, and he was kind of asked that, like, what is what is this hold? Could this be the very thing you just said, Steve? Could that be your future? And he's like, I haven't talked to my new bosses about that yet, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think he would be great. Um, so, we talk about the CPL yeah, chat. Obviously, Thomas Gardner went first to Pacific FC. Yes. Um, number shocking, one shocking pick that. overall was the guy I tipped to be number one pick, Gabriel Bitar from yeah. Carleton the, the goal University. He yep. dominated. Who, who, did, who team did he go to? Carleton Ravens. He went to Tommy Wielden's Cavalry oh, Cal- FC. Oh, they're going to be a strong team next yes. year. Yes. Now, an interesting thing about the draft is I spoke to a few coaches on the Sunday and there was a gentleman's agreement that they would pick local players to their market. Yeah. Tommy then has the first pick overall and picks an Ontario guy. He's Ottawa from Oh, okay, gotcha. So, so that put the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit from what I've been told. It ruffled a few feathers. But Bitar was the number one player by a mile, so he was quite right to pick that. Yeah. There was other guys. A lot of the draft was local. And I'm not saying it was rigged, but this well, gentleman's agreement was we'll pick local players. Well, so Pacific got 
three UBC Thunderbirds. Exactly, and then there I know another one, FC Edmonton, basically took three uh, University of yep, Alberta players Alberta guys. who were part of their residency squad yes. before. So yeah, so there's no official protected players or protected areas, but unofficially there's been a lot of well, talk behind the scenes. I think, for example, Cape Breton Capers, a lot of that team weren't drafted. Yeah, a lot were. Well, four were, I think, but. Those other guys are expected to play for Halifax from this gentleman's agreement. Yeah, the thing is, is the I think what it is is if it's like a player that's uh, similar kind of level, then you make that generous agreement that you're going to pick local. But that uh, that player that you're talking about, was he him. was head and above beyond everybody else. Yes. You can't make a gentleman's agreement on that. No. You got to take the best. player. Tommy would have been foolish to not pick him and let you, him go to one of the Ontario teams. It would have made him look foolish. Yes, they don't give him the first pick yeah. and make sure the, do the gentleman's agreement that somebody else is going to get the first. There were some pick. other big name players that didn't go, and you kind of know that it's because they're going to go anyways. Yeah. yeah, like Alberta's top scorer Ajit Sakaria. Yeah, not picked at all. Did play in the past for Calgary Foothills, so you'd expect He's to going see to Calgary. Him in Calgary. Calgary. They're going to have a really strong team. There. Yeah, they. That's who they get your money on. They're the, they're going to yeah. win that first year. Well, they uh, they have they have uh, some pretty interesting pricing that came out yes, for their season tickets. Yeah, some interested blood. in seeing the Pacific one because Pacific's a market I do have my my worries about. I've got to say as to what they can draw. Um, one player who might, uh, wasn't part of the draft because obviously he plays for SFU, but he might be part of the CPL in the upcoming years. Yep. But he's in a different player pool. All the SFU guys are in a different player pool. Well, Matteo Pelosi was named, uh, D2CCA, West Regional Player of the Year. Well, that's a really mouthful there. Yes. Um, uh, so he basically finished the season leading the GNAC in, uh, points per match with 2.61 goals, points. Shots on goal per match. He ranks sixth nationally in goals and points, and his 47 this season in points, uh, which is goals and assists, um, ranked seventh highest in SFU history. He also was named to the first team with freshman midfielder Connor Glennon, uh, another midfielder Mohamed uh, Kamara, and senior defender Mohamedi. Sorry, uh, senior defender Michael North. His brother Marcello and defender Jost um, Mangert were named to the second team. So again, just for clarity, you said this once before on the show. You're saying he's better than Ginac. That's what you're saying? No, I would never mention that. I actually spoke to the police on Friday night at the Croatia Runas Tigers game, so I had a nice little chat with them. Mateo's had a great season. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't see time in the CPL this year. They do all fall into this separate player pool because of NCAA regulations. Yeah. Um, they can't be paid a regular salary no, or anything like there's, that. There's some other stuff going on just now around about VMSL and SFU, which I won't go into just now. It might be something we cover next week. It's a kind of developing issue, a very interesting one. So we'll come back to that. Cool. Uh, last uh, story here. Congratulations to Tony Waiters, who we talked to AFTN this Finally. I can't believe it took this I long. Know. It's I weird. Yeah. Apparently, he has to be nominated, and no one had nominated him. Mm, Maybe everyone just assumed he was in it, like I did. Yeah. That's wacky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they re signed Breck Shea, but they couldn't nominate Tony Waiters. Um, <laughs> he, he will be inducted into the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, this upcoming year, obviously 40th anniversary since he won, they won the 79 Soccer Bowl. Um, also led the, Canada to the 86 World Cup 
And the quarterfinals appearance in the 84 Olympics, which I think is their best ever appearance there. Most well. storied Canadian national team coach. For sure. And uh, like I said, it should have been happened a long yeah, time ago. It's unbelievable. But yeah, you have to be nominated. And he talked to AFTN, like you said. this. Yeah, summer. that was a really good chat with him. We wanted to chat longer, but he had to get down on the pitch, unfortunately. Yeah. That's that nice. is it for this, this episode of the show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it is at ZacharyAM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer, and new to our stuff, AFTN.ca. Anyway, that is it for this week's episode of the show. Thank you for listening. Unbelievably, we've overrun. <laughs> Stunned by that. Well, we had to talk about those defenders and goalkeepers. Yeah. I kind of went into that a bit in depth. The edit will be superb. <laughs> but anyway, till next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.